0: Eleven o'clock comics episode fifty-five. Oh damn! You had to think about it, didn't you? Yeah, we don't have anybody to do the woohoo.
1: Oh, I'll do it. Okay, let no, Tom do it. All right, woo-hoo. let's. Oh, no, put, oh, come put, on. put some
0: effort into it. So, how you, would <laughs> how would Barry Allen more, do the woohoo?
2: Get it more Jewy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: As if.
2: Let, me, uh, tra- let me channel that.
0: Yeah, channel Barry Allen. <clears throat> L- Want to start from the know. top? I'll do let's, it like David does. Let, let's right. start from the top. Eleven o'clock, <clears throat> toy boat. Eleven o'clock, comics episode fifty-five. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Uh, the meters are in pain. Yay. I mean, this is the part where we talk about bullshit. So here's what I'm
1: saying. What's been doing a fantastic job. You're going to have to sit down and gonna show me all the people's bells and whistles and audio tricks because I am, I am envious. As the editor of another show, I listen to what you do and I'm truly envious.
0: You will be even more envious this week because this is... Is our special Japanese edition of Eleven O'clock Comics because Uh, uh, yes, because uh, uh, I'm focusing on manga this week. Oh man, just just for you, Chris, just for you. So I have Vince's soapbox episode. (laughs) No, I have little tiny tweaks to the. Well, I I won't tell you. I'll just let you listen to it. There there are little things that are going to make you giggle and and kind of get pissed off because I'm rubbing it in a little bit. I know you are. Yeah. Well, here we are, 11 O'Clock Comics, a very strange episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, because we're
1: going, out, we're going out for some strange, is right.
0: We are sans two members tonight. Mr. Wood and Mr. Price are not here. So in their stead, we procured one of the brightest lights in the podcast universe. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Thomas Stephen Caters is here with us.
3: I
2: apologize, I'm not, not going to be as urban as Wood is, so you know, I, I'll be more ur- urbane, but not very, as urban. Very keep, keep nice.
1: Word to the streets.
2: Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. Word to Hogan you. Square, what up, yo? I'm going to give you the gas face, you know, something like that. It's the most recent hip-hop reference I can make.
0: I, I, know, I know none of that. So yeah, Thomas is here with us. He is the voice of Tom vs. The Flash, and that 11 o'clock, no, geez, that Around Comics thing. That people talk about. Hey, I've, I I've gonna, never I heard it.
1: We could get Sal in tonight, and we could make this an around comics episode, and you could be our guest, Vince.
0: Nice. <laughs> you're, you're
1: outnumbered, bitch.
0: I know. Oh, well, I always am. It's and uh, oh, and by the way, I'm Vince B.
1: Uh, Hi. Vince, yes, Marvin. Hi. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood.
0: <laughs> um, I wish I had his money and his woman. <laughs> But uh oh, man. <laughs> Christ. Come on. She's cute, man. She's Come cute. On. Your nah.
1: your wife has had a had a rough week so She has.
0: She good. has. But it's tough love. I'm trying to well, strengthen her.
1: I would
2: argue that every week's probably a rough week if you're <laughs> being Probably is. no different.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you sure got a pretty mouth. <laughs> uh, and, and you are Mr. Chris Neesman.
1: I am Christopher Niesman. And yes. uh, in, this, in this odd uh, around comics, 11 o'clock comics mashup, we should probably get the drink roll call, uh, knocked out here real quick so Vince can talk about his manga. Mr. Mr. Caters, what are you uh, sipping on this evening?
2: I am, uh, I'm, because it's kind of warm and I just got back from running, um, I'm drinking a Lining Kugel's Summer Shandy beer with natural lemonade flavor.
1: Nice now, that sounds yeah, really but, tasty yeah. you ever um um i like the 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 uh summer shandy but uh do you do you ever have the traditional with uh sprite just like uh beer and sprite or beer and seven up
2: i uh, I have um but because uh uh I'm by myself right now it's it's hard to drink a whole two liter because I only yeah. buy soap with two liters so uh, i I'm, um, I'm, that's my thing don't when, don't whenever- ask
1: me. I've got a buddy of mine that uh, we we go and we'll watch rugby in in the morning, you know, like live rugby, which here in in Chicago is like 8 o'clock in the morning. And so we'll go and everybody is drinking at like 8 o'clock in the morning and you usually have, you know, beer shandies, which are their morning beers, you know and have a Bloody Mary and, and, a, and a beer shanty. I have a feeling and, you can
2: make anything a morning beer, Chris. I don't think you need a special <laughs> recipe to cross that line. Too.
1: <laughs> it is, yeah, it's, it's not a real big stretch. Yeah. And uh, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll go next uh, because I am drinking... Uh, a beer that I just found, which is is remarkable, and it, and it says that right on the uh, on the label. Actually, it is from the uh, Breckenridge Brewery, and it is their remarkable vanilla porter. And I've been drinking a lot of porters coming out of uh, wintertime, which is a a really hearty, um, thick. Dark winter beer is is how I think of it, but this is their vanilla porter, and it has just an amazing vanilla. Um, not even undertones. It, it is it is almost almost up top uh, on your palate, and so it just takes mouth a mouth. Feel. Yeah. Uh, mouth feels good. It's actually not too as far as uh, like dark thick beers. And you're making a fucking joke, but I'm being serious. Of course, no, no, that's, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm being mouthfeel. Um, uh, most porters can be can be very heavy and almost syrupy. This uh, this is quite a bit lighter on the on uh, uh, on, the, on the palate, and uh, yeah, the vanilla to it is really nice. So I have fallen mm-hmm. in love with the Breckenridge Brewery's remarkable vanilla porter. It is That's it defy. is it is delicious, uh, Mister B.
0: I am drinking black and tan. Big surprise because it tastes good. Yeah, hey,
2: I'm, I'm done with that. Simple, simple. Keep, it, Keep simple. it simple. That's right. Yep.
0: I don't care it. about the mouthfeel. I just care about how it tastes. And this this beer is damn good. I care about the dick feel? <laughs> no, no, no. That's David. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay, sorry. That's a different
2: show. Is that too much? Is that too much for the show? Too much information.
0: <laughs> So, yeah, right. uh, we're, 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 we're in uncharted waters this week. We don't know gonna what the hell's going to happen.
1: We're going ha- to have a special guest later, though.
0: Yeah, but before we get into it, there's something I want to make our listeners aware of. Mr. Dan Nadell, the man behind Picturebox, sent around uh, a message today concerning two very important graphic novels that, uh, whose publication is a little bit up in the air, and I'll tell you why. Uh, he says, dear readers, we have two amazing graphic novels scheduled for November of 2009 and February of 2010. They are fantastic, vital works of art, and we need your help to release them. See where this is going? Because of the current um, climate, let's say, at Diamond, the, the smaller guys are having trouble meeting that minimum order. And so Dan came up with an idea to have those interested parties prepay for the books ahead of time, which will guarantee the printing of these things. Uh, He goes on to say, Power Masters Volume 3, 104 pages, continues CF's visionary narrative about the complex relationships between mysterious beings in a place called New China. Now, I've been talking for a while about Power Masters 1 and 2, never on the show, but behind the scenes. If one and two is any indication, three should be fantastic. And one of my favorite artists, Mr. Brian Chippendale, has a 650-page, 5x7 magnum opus called If and Oof. It's a sprawling, hilarious tale of two pals wandering through a desolate, hostile landscape. He says these two books are among the best graphic novels of our time, but they need your support. Like a lot of publishers, Picture is looking for new ways to navigate the current terrain. To that end, we are attempting to raise money for these books ahead of time. It's, a, it's all an experiment these days. So we are looking to you as a community of readers to help make these books a reality. Everyone that orders advanced copies of one or both of these books up until August 1st will receive the book itself and assign silkscreen print upon the book's release. Everyone that orders in advance by June 20th will have their names hand-lettered in the book with their corresponding level of support. We need about 400 people to get to make this a reality, so let's come together as a community. Now, you can preview both of these books at PictureBox. That's pictureboxinc.com. There are four ordering options. One, just buy the books. Everyone that buys one of the following receives a silk screen print, and their name will be in the book. Power Masters is eighteen bucks for the book and an original silkscreen print by CF. And Brian Chippendale's book, If and Oof, is twenty nine ninety five. Plus, you'll get an original silkscreen print. Or you want to jump to level two for forty five bucks? You can buy both books and receive both prints, as well as a discount off the retail price and your name in the books. Level three is eighty bucks. Now this is where it starts getting cool. Is this no. clock? It does sound like the PBS pitch, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, if you if you give them eighty bucks, you can get both books. You'll receive both prints plus an original five by seven one color drawing by the artist of your choice, either CF or Brian Chippendale. I'm a big fan of both of these artists, and I will say, getting anything from Brian Chippendale is incredibly difficult, extremely difficult, and it's not. It's you're getting it for much less than you would have paid. Uh, had you go through, have gone through other channels. So, that's 80 bucks. But the level four, for $150, you make that donation, you will get both books, two prints, one from each artist, and you'll get a five by seven color drawing from Brian Chippendale or CF. That's nuts. You're, you're getting a color drawing that would cost you, say, 50, 60 bucks, probably more at a convention, which these guys don't do. Very often. And you're getting both books and two silkscreen signed prints. It's crazy. So consider what you want to do. I'm really speaking to Mario and the more adventurous readers among our listenership. because Not wood, because this stuff might no, be a little bit above wood. No, it won't be above him. He just I, I don't think he would dig it, but you never know. Side. If you're into the indie alternative uh, alt-comic scene, these books are tailor-made for you. These guys are visionaries. They're very good at what they do. Uh, the Fort Thunder guys are like the second coming of the uh, original underground artists. They're fantastic. So check this out: Picturebox Inc. Pictureboxinc.com. They're awesome. You got to. They got to support the little guys. Diamond's trying to squash them.
2: Get smashed.
0: That's all Don't it's let
2: about the guys. No,
0: no. And there'll be no tie-ins or one-shots associated with these books at all.
2: Maybe they should have tie-ins and one-shots. Was, no, this, was, this is...
1: Maybe missing out. This they, is not commerce. They, with, I mean, Picture Box needs an event. yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. yeah exactly. That's what it sells, baby, an event. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think so.
4: Hello, 11 Plot Comics. This is Frankie the Dildonator. I'm just calling to let everyone know that Douglas Rushkoff, author of Such Buttes as Vertigo's Testament and Club Zero G which is his own little graphic novel, will be at the Warner Library in Tarrytown, New York, between 2.30 and 3.15 on May 9th. Uh, Warner Library is in Tarrytown, New York. That's Westchester. For those who don't know, so if you live there, or if you live near there, or if you're willing to travel, stop on by. And make sure you come and, since I work there, stop by the circulation desk and say hi to your favorite Dildonator. But go see Douglas Rushkoff first. He deserves it, not me. And that's all I called for, boys. Peace.
0: So that's just my pitch for this week because it's something I feel very strongly about and I thought you guys would like to know.
1: There you, right. know. I, you know, you piqued my interest. I'll go. I'll, I'll check it out. So I know that you love the picture box. So oh, I do I so will, love them. I will, I will check it out.
0: And that's I right. will eventually get around to talking about Power Masters Volume 1 and 2 because... As I said, I know when I start going down certain roads that Chris doesn't want to travel down. <laughs> he kind of hey, gets ill. <laughs> you do. You get a little bit uh, not upset, but you get a little Vince, bit fidgety. Some, fidgety. Some, somebody
1: has to give you shit.
0: I know. It Doesn't that have may, to be you.
1: Well, it may be part You're, of my part of my job here. Even though I tell you what, you and Chris Burnham need to like curl up in bed together and read Bean World to each other.
2: That's okay. I bought Bean World it's this past Ooh. weekend.
0: Good. I haven't read I, it yet. boy, Thomas. I yeah. bought
1: it, Vince. I bought it. I'm looking at it right now.
0: Good boy, Thomas. Yeah, but you're never going to read it, Chris. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, know what? You're reading your old Secret Wars issues again. <laughs> Why is this no. fucking thing $100? Why? <laughs>
2: Why?
1: <laughs> Why yeah, no, I'm still pissed about them. They can They can suck it. Um, <laughs> so it is so not a value. Easier. It is not a value at $100. So don't See what I did? It. Did you get it? Um, Damn I'm poking
0: the piñon, and the candy's starting to drip out.
1: Chris, no, did you be, buy it for a hundred dollars? No, fuck no! I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna buy it for seventy-five. Or I would. I would. Don't get me started. No, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not how gonna much get the, would you pay for it,
0: Chris? How much um, is Secret Wars ca- two worth to you?
1: Cash yeah, how much money? would cash money? Uh, I'd spend forty. Bucks cash money? On that.
2: Yeah, yes, cash money. On <laughs> yeah, yeah, the barrelhead. <laughs> You're speaking to Tom. Just keep it on my
1: terms, right? <laughs> um, I'd spent 40 bucks on it. How much cheddar wow. would you jump
0: On Secret <laughs> I mean, Wars 2, really?
1: No, no, no. Secret Wars, the first oh, one. Oh,
0: okay. All right. But so, 2 no, was it's the it's one time. you were complaining about, wasn't oh, it? I was
1: complaining about 1. It was 12 issues, and the omnibus was 100 bucks, which I okay. thought was way too much. But speaking of being challenged and expanding your horizons and, yeah. and all that crap, um, Tom did this recently. And that was by picking the adventures of Luther Arkwright as our as our book club Excellent over at uh, over at Around Comics. And we talked about that. I think that episode might be out uh the same time as this one. But Tom, I got the um um uh, the radio drama from yes? uh, Big Finish Productions in today. I listened to the first disc and it is very cool. And I think I actually understand the ser yeah, I, I think I understand the series a little bit better now after listening to you get
5: it better. Is,
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a uh, it kind of um the the non-linear storytelling uh that that Brian Talbot had and um in the book seems a little bit more linear now, you know, from the from the flashbacks and whatnot. But it is really good. The production qualities on it are ridiculous. And uh uh David Tennant who uh is uh the doctor on no Doctor kidding. Who No kidding. Um, is the voice for Luther Arkwright. The voice acting in this is top-notch. It is it is really good. It's a three-disc set, and I got it uh, I think I got it off Amazon or something like that, but it's uh, um, if you go and look for The Adventures of Luther Arkwright, you can find the audio version. And um, uh, I don't know how many are left in print, but it was. It's cool, man. I'm. I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of it uh, on the drive time tomorrow. So once again, Tom, thank you for challenging me and getting me to read uh, Luther Arkwright because it's something that I'll probably read several times.
2: I actually this. This sort of reminded me of something that um, I wanted to ask Vince. Actually, Hi. is this breaking the format if I ask you a question, Vince? There is no format. There is no format. Right. Okay. So I, I've been. Um, I, I've been enjoying the uh, Invincible Iron Man book in, in sort of in spite of the LaRocca art, which you know, mm-hmm. still I, I still don't know what Norman Osborn looks like. I can't <laughs> tell you what it looks like when he shows up on the page. He's a chameleon. But, uh, I've heard you a few times and uh, uh, mention the fact that you wouldn't read it because you have some sort of problem with Iron Man, if I remember correctly. From Tony, it. yes. Tony, yes. And I, I'm just cu- I'm just curious as to... Uh, it interests me because I don't think I would ever not read a book because of like a personal feeling I have about a character. Mm-hmm. If you heard that the book was was really good and you heard the story was really interesting, would that still keep you from, from reading that book, your yeah. personal feeling about that character?
0: Would it keep me from reading the book? No. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. No. <laughs> to be honest with you, a lot of that's just show. I just have uh, the chip on the shoulder for Tony Stark just because, oh. you know, I've, I've started that little skit kind of going.
1: With you, with, yeah, with you and, and Derek. Did I just, right, just part right. the curtain? Did yeah,
0: I just you did. The you're, I, you're looking oh, under Jesus my dress Christ. a little bit. No, it, a lot of it <laughs> I'm is... pulling a, the threads. <laughs> a lot of it is an act just to get Derek going and... It takes uh, a lot to get Derek going, so I oh, understand. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Uh, and, and part of it is also the way... He treated a lot of the characters that I hold very dear, like Peter Parker. Okay. And to a, l- a lot lesser extent, uh, Steve Rogers. I was never a huge Captain America fan, but I did respect the character for what he was. But when you mess with Peter Parker, it, I, not, I don't take it personally, but it's, it's really hard for me to like you as a character. So, that, hey, you I, know, that's the Tony Stark you you, you hate Flash Thompson. No, I kind of like Flash Thompson because he has the whole Spider-Man worship thing going on. And how could you hate him now? He's a cripple. You can't <laughs> hate cripples. It's just <laughs> that, not right.
2: That, that tagline for the
3: show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eleven you o'clock comics. You, yeah. you can't, 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 can't hate, cripples. hate
3: cripples. Yeah.
0: No, can't. It, yeah, I have nothing against, Well, yeah, I, I shouldn't say that. I do have something do. against Tony Stark, but it's nowhere near the magnitude I make it out to be. Okay, because I always, I'm always interested when I hear
2: people. When people say they won't read something, and I always I, I kind of knew that it was probably built up, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. I always find it interesting that when people say oh, I won't read that because I, I don't, I hate, you know, Hal Jordan or I hate Kyle Rayner. It always really interests me because I always kind of thought that I'm, I don't like Tony Stark. You know, he's kind of a dick and he kind of fucked everyone over. Yeah, but to me that sort of makes the story interesting because people in real life will do really horrible things and be really selfish, you know, and do terrible things to other people, but still have aspects of them that are interesting or, like, worth reading about. So I I was just curious because that always interests me when people say stuff like that. I'm always like, ah. Because I I just don't, I never think of it that way. And, like, I never have, like, a thing like, do I like this character? Like, on some sort of personal level as opposed to just enjoy reading the story
0: let's be honest if Tony Stark wasn't such a douche yeah. that scene in recent issues of Thor would have been far less powerful where Thor beats the crap out of, out of yeah. Iron, Iron Man for what he did if Tony doing what he did in Civil War led to that awesome scene in JMS's book then yeah I guess it was worth it because when, when the bad or the heavy gets the comeuppance that's what we want to see
1: well, was you know, of- I, 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 oh, I think that was a very conscious effort on Marvel's part. I think that, uh, and I think that Casada uh, had even talked about this, and in, in uh, some interviews or a cup of Joe, that the Marvel Universe had become too um, too friendly, you know all of the heroes were all buddies and all of the villains were the villains. And that the the gray areas that Marvel had had really kind of been established and, and based on that not everyone liked each other, that that had kind of gone away everybody, everybody was very friendly, which you know, after forty years of team ups and everybody being on a team with one another at some point, that had all gone away and I think that civil war and and other other storylines it's been a very conscious effort on Marvel 's part to not have everyone be in love. With each other, and I think that makes for drama, and that can make for more interesting stories. I mean, there there are a lot of of group books that if there are two people that don't like each other, that makes for interesting storylines. I was reading some old JSA, you know, old as in you know a few years ago, old JSA, and the Atom Smasher, Black Adam. Uh, relationship was interesting because they kind of despised each other, and in Marvel, having characters not be buddies but still being on you know one side of the line or the other, it's interesting.
0: Well, that was the whole thing that distinguished Marvel comics from everyone else producing comics back in the yep. in the Silver Age was because the Fantastic Four had problems, but I think that's the one point that Joe's missing a little bit is you can argue and bicker amongst superheroes, but you have to realize that you're all on the same team. And I think that's where they they diverge from the original intent of the Marvel Universe was. Oh. Yeah, um, Ben left the Fantastic Four for periods at a time, but he always knew that was his family and he realized he'd eventually go back to them because they're such a tight-knit bunch, whereas the Tony Stark-Captain America conflict... That was kind of heartbreaking. I mean, let's sure. just talk, let's very just dramatic. right, but let's just talk about it. You guys have been teammates for years and years. You, you you're almost brothers in a sense. And for for Tony to do what he did, and essentially betray one of his best friends and and companions, that was devastating. And that's one of the reasons why I think Civil War was, on the one hand, a very important. Very groundbreaking story, but on the other, that's a genie that they're never going to get back in the bottle. Oh, sure, I, think they will.
2: I I actually think that when you get to, uh, and I don't know if they necessarily did this very well in Civil War. Um, there was an issue of Spider of um, Invincible Iron Man where he meets Spider Man and they kind of have this interesting conversation about the difference between the two of them. And it's kind of interesting because I think um, the Fraction actually wrote a scene that was better than anything they had kind of done during Civil War to explain why Tony does the things that he does. You know, and basically he was saying, you know, the, the whole gist of it is if you're incredibly intelligent and you think, and this has come up with Reed Richards as well uh, as a character, if you're incredibly intelligent and you have faith in your own vision of what's going to happen, and you have all these times when you're right about things and you see something coming and you do something that you think is the right thing to do and then it turns out wrong the the point isn't that iron man is always that tony stark is always right it's the part that he's still human but being human you're going to fall for your own your own hubris of thinking i'm i'm right i can't i can't be wrong i'm right all these other times i see this happening i have to do something now i thought that they did a better job in that one story of explaining why he does what he does so he tells Spider-Man, he's like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm, fighting, I'm trying to take care of big things. You know, I'm not fighting bank robbers. Uh, people know who I am. They know what I'm doing. And I, do, I have to do things sometimes that are tough to do. And now in hindsight realizes that he did things the wrong way, sort of. You know, right. Not saying like I'm wrong. I was wrong to do it, but I, things didn't turn out the way I would have thought they would have. Yeah. so I think well, there's a heart of, of that that is good storytelling oh to that. hell yeah. yeah people have motivations that are, are different from one another
0: but then again sometimes the right decision is not always the best decision and I think that's where Tony Stark fails is that he can't recognize yep. that gray area between the two and he'll always do the right thing but not exactly the best thing
2: oh yeah I mean that, that's why he gets in trouble
0: right and yeah, he's, yeah. he's incredibly arrogant but yeah Getting back to the the math fraction book, I'm much more inclined to read a book on the strengths of the artist and not the writer. Yeah. I, I can <laughs> I can I can I can tolerate a badly written, beautifully drawn story. Uh, the flip side is not always true. Yeah, that's so. I,
2: yeah, I can see what you uh, yeah. mean. I mean, I don't think it's not I, storytelling wise. It's not. Bad. I mean, I've read books that looked prettier, that do a worse job of telling a story this week. But, I mean, just from aesthetically, I, I find it just sort of unpleasing to the eye. Right, right. Faces. the Like, Tony without a mustache. I mean, really, he should still look like Tony, just without a mustache. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel that he doesn't look anything like what he did before. Like, sometimes characters come into a scene, I don't know who they are until they talk you know and that shouldn't you know,
0: model sheets i'm doing the david part now
3: model yeah. <laughs> sheets Let, model
2: let's,
0: sheet. let's bring in garcia lopez to do some yeah exactly. Oh,
2: speaking norman of osborne, people may make fun of that hair but guess what <laughs> when you see a dude walking with that hair you know, you know he's who? norman osborne there's no doubt and once he's hair. younger
1: and then you know it's Harry. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly yeah i mean you can make <laughs> fun of the hair and be like what kind of hair is that but it I mean, it's it Norman Osborn's
1: here. Yeah, it's
0: Norman Osborne, That is Norman Osborne, You know, that's very distinctive. That's what, yep. Yeah, that's how yep. it works. I I kind of picked up on where Chris was going with uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez.
1: I could Ooh. not be more excited about Wednesday Comics.
0: I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be very special. I just hope everybody can. Bite their tongues a little bit at that at the cover price and just buy it because it's going to be well worth it. It's and
1: twelve issues Buy it. it's going to be a showcase of yeah. amazing writing, amazing art. It's going to be in a format that is completely different than anything else that's on the shelves, and it's going to be something that people are going to talk about for a while. I haven't uh, seen right. that
2: piece of art from that. No, the, no, the that's Carl, the thing.
1: Oh my God, the Carl Kershaw Flash, the the Sorry. Silver Age Flash pages or page that that. That he previewed D- tom did you just did you just sit there and go fuck yeah, I'm yeah gonna read all that.
2: and it appears the flash chases a subway car to catch two gorillas holding a by bo- uh two chimps holding a box inside of it, <laughs> I mean, <that's>
0: good. <laughs> it it's, it's all fun. over you got gorillas in there and the flash come on yeah but the, the paul pope adam strange page yeah. oh not, dear yeah. lord that thing is phenomenal the, the, the
1: kyle baker Hawkman. i mean mm-hmm. it all it just yeah. looks amazing. You know, I was thinking about this with uh, uh Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Do you think if he had an easier name to say or remember that he would be more popular?
0: That's a good question. I don't know.
1: I He's amazing.
0: That yeah, was I mean, one of the things that I I really found fault with the Virgin line. They had these phenomenal artists yet they kept their Indian names. Uh-huh. And oh, they, yeah. they <laughs> were they were yeah. selling yeah. the books to an American audience. Don't you think they would have taken pen names or 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 you know, like just take an alias, yep. just just to uh, ta- your target audience, because they're not going to remember Dasgupta Yamarama. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Get uh, get a uh, like Joe Chill. All right, I like Joe Chill's art. You know he's really good, but easy uh, to remember. But,
1: but, you know he just he just finished up a was it three or four issue run on Batman Confidential? Oh uh, really? In, it, yeah, inked by Kevin Nolan. Oh. It, it was yeah, it's. It was absolutely amazing stuff and I haven't really heard much of anyone talking about it and I guess I guess Tom, you you and I were we're kinda guilty of that. Um you know, we well, have yeah, the- I think that
2: yeah, well, the the Batman confidential book falls into that crevice that you're always gonna have books from the big two fall into if they're not part yeah. of continuity. You mm-hmm. know, they're always gonna be I mean, there's that great Batgirl Kevin McGuire uh yeah. I mean, that was awesome, but at the same time, there's always such a such a premium put on what people are talking about like oh did you read Blackest Night you know what's the next the next thing the next thing you know yeah. people are yeah. gonna they're gonna wait for a trade to read a King Tut story yeah, <laughs> right. that's that's, that's
0: very true and the same thing applies to JLA Classified which yep. Gar- Garcia Lopez was a part of that too a phenomenal story I think it was called uh, the Ultimate Woman or something like that uh, I, it was yeah. the highlight of the run oh, too because. It was phenomenal but it was right after Warren Ellis's run. Yeah. So you could which was drawn by Jackson Juice which was really sweet but not the best Warren Ellis story. Oh. You know, I, you know I, how I, he kind I, of phones it in for the big two.
2: Yeah. I always thought they kind of dropped the ball on the JLA one. I always thought the JSA one was The JSA
1: was great, yeah.
0: yeah I wish that was a
2: little better, but I ask I I think the JLA one should have been. I always thought it would be cool if they really focused on taking modern sensibilities and really applying it to the old Big Seven characters, mm-hmm. you know, well, JSA I always thought it was great because they would focus on singular characters. I just always kind of thought that the JLA classified kind of meandered around a bit, and it didn't, it didn't have like a, I don't know. It, I always the JSA one you always knew you were going to get a good solo story about one of the characters, and that was sort of the thing it did, and the JLA one. You know, you had a uh, story with the Detroit team, and then you'd have a two-shot with two characters together, and it never seemed like it ever found sort of a groove that it mm. would fit into, that you knew what you were going to get every time you picked it up. Right. It always kind of seemed scattershot a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I, let, to be honest, the covers on the Warren Ellis run, those 3D computer CGI yeah. covers, they didn't do much to sell the books. Oh, been. It could have been something special.
6: Hot Comics. This is uh this is Scotty Young. Uh been listening to catching up on some old episodes from you guys while I'm working on uh, the Wizard of Oz and been enjoying it. Uh two things. A, uh I like the show, keep it up. One day when I win my Eisner, you guys can pat yourselves on the back that I listen to your show while drawing the book that wins me the Eisner. So keep that in mind. Uh We'll figure out a title for you, some, I don't know, like, uh, you know, podcast that, whatever. Uh, I don't have anything, so I'm not going to try to make a funny joke. Uh, Ha ha. Uh, And when the fuck are you going to have me on your show? Come on now. I've been on every podcast that has to do with comics except 11 o'clock comics. That is bullshit. You know it. I know it. And it's time to fix that. So I'll be expecting an email with my invite, time, the Skype number, name, whatever. But there you go. Get me on the fucking show. Let's have some fun. Keep up the good work, David, Chris, Vince B., Sal when you're on there, Wood, as Vince calls you. Uh, anyway, good show, guys. I've been enjoying it. It's been, uh, been getting me a little excited about comic Skin. And I'll uh, keep
2: listening. See you later. Bye. Did you uh, you guys get anything good for a free comic book day? You
0: yeah, had a I good did. interview out of free comic book day. <laughs> <laughs> did you? He so did. I, I, oh, I, I, yeah, that's right.
1: Well, we did. Tom was just much part of. We got to talk to Eric Horst, which was Yay. very.
2: Cool. Yeah, that was cool.
1: It was. It was very cool.
2: Telling people pussies, you know,
1: <laughs> throwing Feels it down. Good. Feels yeah. good, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it? It was
0: very busy at our local shop.
1: It was crazy. The um, the two stores I went to, I went to uh, Challengers, which was just, uh, as you can imagine, was out of control, busy. Um, I talked to Patrick and Dal yesterday, and they said they had a great day and um, couldn't have been happier. And Mark over at Dark Tower, they were uh, they were so busy you couldn't move in there, I guess, at one point. And uh they had uh what Sal Abenati and Tony Akins and Mike Norton and Tim Seeley and Chris Burnham and Lists. Who am I for Lists Your listing thing? Um, Jeffrey Brown. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Brown. Yeah, and they they had a great time there. So yeah, uh both the stores I went to were packed with people and it was just it was It's really amazing how Free Comic Book Day has turned into this annual event that it's almost like the day after Thanksgiving for comic book retailers. For a lot of people, it's turned into their big retail day of the year.
0: There's one thing to be sure of on Free Comic Book Day. Well, there's more than one thing. Uh, Free comics and usually a shitty movie will be in the theaters. Uh, A shitty superhero (laughs) movie will be in the theaters around the same time.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I've seen you've got you got some mad hate for the. Uh, uh, I, it's the not it's
0: not so much hate; it's embarrassment. It really is. I'm embarrassed that that's the best they can do with Wolverine. Oh. But I don't want to get into it because I don't want to be a hater. I just let's just say I just did not like it. Well, our, our
1: our our guest who uh, will be on later uh, in the show with us um, is that's actually I believe what he is doing right now is Wow, I, that,
0: so. I pity him. I pity him pity the fool pity the yeah. fool you know I didn't get my blackest night yet
2: oh you didn't okay I, I we'll got see.
0: it no you can say whatever you want because I've, I've already heard a good a good chunk of it uh, DCBS shipped my books on the Wednesday and free comic book day was on the Saturday so I have to wait till next month to get them
2: I, I see I see my friend yes I see. Uh,
0: but I did I did snag the Marvel free comic book day offering that Avengers book mm-hmm. sweet Jim Chung clone that man make more Exquisite artwork. Yeah, I didn't uh, read it yet.
1: Did you uh, Did you grab the, uh, oh gosh. Uh,
0: Savage no. Dragon?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, Love and Rockets.
0: No, because I had all the stuff in there. I think it's all reprints, right? Oh, is it? Okay. I'm pretty okay. sure that it's all called from the new Prestige uh, format series.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the it's, the it's new, in the same that, format
0: that, as the, the new Comics Journal.
1: In the, the new Tales of Old Palomar stuff? That's yes, that's out. from the,
0: the Ignatz line, yeah. Uh, great stuff. I, I was he he didn't really have many of those. He had maybe about five or six, and I didn't want to take one if I already had it. I want somebody else to experience that. If here, they can get another sale out of that, that that's what I want. Let me uh, I, I, I grabbed the uh, crap here. The Dark Horse Aliens Predator flip book uh-huh. and I, I grabbed the Avengers. My kids got the Boom Studios Cars book. Yeah. Uh, Vinny got the I D W Transformers. And um, Mia picked up the Bongo uh, Simpsons comic.
1: That's oh, nice. that's a, a must-have every year. Um, and she Tom, said it's
0: awesome, Dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tom, how, how do you like the uh, the Savage Dragon? I liked it a lot. It was good, wasn't it?
0: Oh yeah, it was very good. Yeah. I wasn't bullshitting him when I said I, I, I quite I enjoyed know. it. Well, that's uh, the same issue that's going to be published retail. Yeah, it's one forty-eight.
1: Yeah, is it? Are, yeah. are they going to do that retail? Yeah, they. That, are th- that really? thats coming out. Mm-hmm. So it will come out. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know if they were just printing 148 as as that one.
0: Good I Lord, do th- I, I do think at- the regular copies have a non-free Comic Book Day cover, and of course this is, the-
1: this is Obama. Funny. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Obama. Nice. I'm looking at the 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 Bongo Comics, the the Simpson Comics Free Comic Book Day, and the, the first Simpson story. Did you see who wrote that? No. <laughs> Chuck Dixon.
0: No kidding. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: are there homos in it? I
1: don't know. <laughs> this is a non-gay
2: Simpson story. <laughs> the rest were all gay.
1: No, that's that's hilarious. I I watch Chuck Dixon stuff. I was oh yeah, me that, too. I was thinking about Airboy today. People on Twitter were talking about Airboy, and I was like, that's one of the. I love that series, and that was that was Chuck Dixon back in the it's day. It's an
2: Airboy. I just uh I just finished uh reading the complete Concrete, the first uh, ten. Nice, seasons. excellent.
1: Yeah. You guys are gonna have to catch me up on that. I keep hearing such awesome stuff. It oh no, wow. awesome. Mike W. Barr. Mike W. Barr wrote one of these stories.
0: <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Tom, did you like it? I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Excellent. And, I did have to good. take a break though. part way. Oh there. really?
2: You had to take yeah, a break? Just, no, well not bad. I just thought it, it's it's kinda of, I try it's I've had a similar feeling dude as when I tried to start reading Bean World. I don't think my head was in the right place. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're I just got done probably reading something like Green Lantern, you know, right. you know, in Green Lantern's an action movie, and then you sit down and your head's not in the right space to to read something else. But I really enjoyed Concrete. I thought it was nice. awesome. I had to uh, I, I had to take a break right before the story where uh, he uh, climbs Mount Everest because oh, it was so okay. long, and I was just kind of like, I to not, you know, I gotta take a break for a little while. So I spaced it out. I, I forced myself to take my time reading stuff. So
0: isn't it surprisingly subtle?
2: It's very subtle. It's yeah. very subtle. And and they, it's
0: very it's misleading because you have the character who is this big hulking monster of a of a of a dude and, and the stories are so far removed from any kind of action oriented uh action. Yeah, it's like the action has been extracted from them.
2: Well there's moments where he has to do incredibly tedious things. Mm-hmm. Like far of handholds in the side of a mountain, you know, like that's yeah. sort of his life is that very slow, tedious, you know, I, every, all his feats that he tries to do, like swim the Atlantic ocean, you know, that it's all tedious.
0: And, and everything he tries, his heart's in the right place, but it usually goes horribly wrong. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's grandiose. He's the, he's a, a grandiose, verbose, like English major, you know, who thinks, he literally thinks to himself, I, I've got an opportunity to do great things. You know, and does all these sort of romantic attempts at adventures, and they're all, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. The art is amazing. Yes, absolutely. Very clean. Oh, yeah. Very pretty.
0: Very pretty, pretty art. Uh, I love the story where the mother calls concrete. Yes. <laughs> Under the uh, the guise of having a, a problem, and it's really to show up at her daughter's birthday party. Oh, is that in the? Com- it should be
2: the complete one. Yeah. Dark Horse is just the first ten issues.
0: Oh, okay. Th- this was in the first trade. Okay. So I don't know why it's not in there. Maybe, maybe they're saving it for later, but, uh, so he, he shows up at the, at the, the house and, and offers his services. And she's like, well, yeah, I chumped you. It's, you're just here to be at my daughter's birthday party. So he makes the best of it and, uh, makes amends with the woman. He's kind of hurt in the beginning, but he makes amends, makes the best of it. He's there for the kids, but as he's leaving, the the one panel's awesome. She's, she's waving goodbye from the door, and he's like, bye, and he's kind of snickering. He put her car on top of her garage, upside down. So, you know, he, 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 he got his, but it was just kind of cool how he, he it was very subtle, just like Chadwick yeah. normally does. You don't really see it, but it, right in the background, the car is on top of the garage. It's cool. I am, um
2: I, the, the complete concrete, the dark horse one. It, it's an old trade. Like it's, I got it at uh, Challengers. It's oh. a little bit bigger size too, which is nice because I nice. enjoy looks. Nice looking at that art. Ooh,
0: it's so pretty. So pretty. I got a little bit of a surprise for us. What is it? Hang on. Violence. I have no idea what's going on, Tom. What's up? It's Jason. Hey, hey what's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs>
7: hey, you nobody. Know, i'm we're looking at who's here i don't see david
0: nope david's nope. not here my buddy what yeah his cable's knocked out
7: oh shit so we pulled can't in afford it
0: we pulled in tom caters
7: the soon to be newlywed
2: yeah well i mean like in three months four
0: four months <laughs> oh buddy that that's <laughs> soon enough oh yeah so what's up buddy how you doing buddy how are you doing all right what? we got another surprise coming up but we're not gonna tell you what it is we want you yeah. to be surprised as well as the audience
7: Oh, yeah. I see. You. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, what, are uh, what, are you, what are you drinking? What uh, I'm actually drinking some wine because it was my wife's birthday, and we wow. had a nice dinner here, and uh, she fell asleep, which is why I'm here. But yeah.
0: uh, after eleven? Uh,
7: no, no. <laughs> you, got, you knocked her out.
0: He nah, sang her to know, sleep.
7: She, she, did, she had that whole thing where she fell down the stairs, so she's still uh, not I quite should, ready for loving yet.
0: I should because you're rough. I should feel bad for for even insinuating that, shouldn't I? No. No. Oh, okay.
7: <laughs> classless that's me you, you you boys talking comics we are well, we have we, talked
1: to we've talked, uh, talked beanworld and picture box and concrete fanographics and uh, uh, manga um, so can <laughs> oh you say did about, we
0: did we talk manga
1: yeah you just oh, forgot just you just forgot for about it you just forgot about it
0: i don't that remember that- talking the manga
1: <laughs> Actually, um, would, would, um take over mm-hmm. for me for a second. I'll be
7: back in just a minute. Oh, okay.
0: Chris got to pee. I, I okay.
1: gotta, yeah, I got to pee.
7: Now, Vince, nice. I, I hope you're going to uh, keep my voicemails in anyway.
0: They will be a, a brilliant coda to this episode. Can I, I ask
7: s- you guys to... Um,
2: uh, I do have one problem with the voicemails.
3: <laughs> they're assholes. <There>
2: <laughs> no, 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 it's in between the voicemails there's these four assholes that are talking. Oh. <laughs> cut them out and just have the voicemails. I could do that. Cuz wait, they're just more charming. You're right.
7: I think you're right. Well, three assholes and one really smart dude, but
0: thank you. <laughs> oh, you you weren't talking about me. Stupid.
7: Yeah,
2: right. Who are we talking about?
0: GI talk so Joe Cobra yet? No, we didn't talk any Cobra. We didn't talk any GI Joe. Why you wanna?
7: Well, that cover is to die for, GI Joe Cobra number two. She looks hot, dude. Really? Her Baroness, Baroness is getting pounded. That's great.
0: <laughs> the Ch- the Chaken cover, right?
7: Yeah, dude. She's got a freaking Cobra tat right in her cleave.
0: I know. It's I she- didn't read that issue yet, but feel free to to ramble. Talk about it.
7: Uh, well, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's the one that Christos Gage is writing. And it's uh, we we praise that first issue very, you know, a lot. So it kind of picks up where that left off, where you have uh, Chuckles is trying to get in deep, deep, deep into the uh, into the the Cobra scene, and uh, all I know is Chuckles is a, is a straight up player. And on the first page, he 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 uh, bangs out Jinx, and then on the last page, he bangs out the Baroness. So the dude is not messing around. He's oh, doing he, a James he hit
0: model. the Baroness really. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's screamer, isn't she?
7: In the same position, he hit Jinx too, up <laughs> nice. against the wall. With her, with her legs wrapped around them. It's great. It's Assume
0: awesome. the position. Cool.
2: Yeah. But
7: we're talking about sex,
2: right? When you're saying hit.
0: Yeah.
7: Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you. Let's, keep in. Let's keep, keep in. I have a question for you, Jason. Actually.
7: <laughs> I have an answer for you, Tom. I really hope. Missed topic. Um, I've
2: often heard you say um, when people bring up Jonah Hacks, you've sort of said that the face. Is it true that the face bothers you? Like an ugly character bothers you? It is. Yes. I find that intensely interesting.
0: I know where this is going.
2: That physical physical appearance would bear any hold over whether a fictional story would interest you. You almost asked
0: me the same question, didn't you? Yeah, but
2: more but differently. But yeah, yours was a little different. I'm just always curious. Because I've heard other people say this, too. I just wonder about that. You
0: know, until you asked him this question, I never put two and two together. He can't read Jonah Hex because of the face. Yet Deadpool is his favorite character.
7: Well, two things.
0: You're you're number you're one, a, you're in a enigma.
7: Well, two things. One, I am reading Jonah Hex now, so I Ooh, got okay. over it. Uh, number two, Deadpool. It bothers me when they show him scarred. I, I like that he. I, Deadpool ninety percent of the time has his mask on. So. Wow.
0: Because I remember during the um, the last. Uh, ongoing, they would frequently show him shirtless with all the scars all over him and the, the head with the bumps mm-hmm. and the, yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, yeah it's it's, I
7: mean, it's a great, it's a great a question, Tom. Room. I've thought about it myself. I don't have an explanation for you other than, uh, you know, maybe after a few years of deep psychotherapy, I could come to terms with it. I, I don't know. I just, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, no, it's, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always bothered me. It's just, it's hard for me to, I don't know if it's relate, that's not to relate to or root for, but it just, it, it definitely did. Detracts from me viewing him in a heroic or likable light. But to be fair, I mean, I don't know that you're supposed to really like Jonah Hex. I mean, he's
2: no, but you first. also like the you like the X Men a lot, didn't you? you? Know that's your that's sort of your bread and butter for a
7: long time, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that was my that was the first, yeah, the gateway, and then I would say, and then the then the Avengers, and you know, now everything. But yeah, the X Men are definitely what I hold. Is that I always due.
2: think that? Uh, well, not that they had ever actually did it. You know, they never mm-hmm. made the X Men ugly. Kind, you know, except for, unique, never, they, they, never for do,
1: they never Doom patrolled the X Men
7: really. Right, I make them kind
1: well, of. Well, they did came a close. close. Like, there They're were guys there. like
7: Maggot and, and the the quietly yeah. the quietly X Men were. Oh yeah, definitely cool. With the the
2: Morrison X Men. Yeah. so I was I just find that interesting. I find that interesting that you have that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Ju- hey, listen. This is a safe place. You
7: judgmental bastard.
2: Not <laughs> judging you. I'm just curious. I just, I was just curious. because I've heard you say it a few times. We're in a safe place, and we can all share <laughs> our feelings, all right? So that's <laughs> are going to AC
7: Caters and be like, "That wood is a fucking surface level." No, bastard. no, no. I would, not, I would, not, I, don't I would say good. that right to you. I would <laughs> no. say that directly to you. <laughs> uh, Didn't I tell you yeah, he I, was the
0: watcher? Tom observes.
7: He is. Watch. He's, a, he's, he's, he's Uatu. Yep.
0: Because
2: I had asked Vince earlier. Uatu Caters. He had been talking about Iron Man, and I I sort of asked him the same question about, but his was more if you don't personally like a character, like does it affect your ability to read a story even if the premise of it is interesting, you know, right. just personal like, ability factor into it because I just don't think that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, it just never crosses my mind in that manner. So I'm always curious. I'm always curious because I think especially with podcasting, you hear people have so many different criteria for why they read stuff. Sure. You know, some people will be like. I read a Green Lantern story seven years ago, and I didn't like it, and I'll never pick up another one. And that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal, but people have so many different ways of thinking about what, what they purchase. I'm always curious about people's little idiosyncratic things that they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That
1: you know, is like, what hey, is fascinating you here recently. You, Tom has been delving inside of the mind of the,
7: the, the comic book reader,
0: oh, that's like, a scary place.
7: Tax season's over. Tom has a chance <sighs> to actually think about things now. <laughs> I don't think I've ever bought more than
2: four issues of the Avengers in a row. Really? Like I always try, and just never. It doesn't work. I don't think they're bad. It's not like and that I'm like, to me
7: I think... because to me the Avengers are the quintessential superhero team.
1: Oh um, they're, yeah. Like, yeah. they're JLA. the JLA. They're the JLA of Marvel. Um, Tom, did you like Jeff Johns Avengers run? I I, I probably bought four issues.
2: Yeah, I mean I just I for whatever reason, I I can't say that they were bad. It wasn't like I said I just always lose just
1: didn't resonate with you.
2: Just always lose interest. You know, it's yeah. just like, uh, eh, well, eh, whatever. But that that's my own little weird thing. That I felt that the need to share that whenever people really talk up the Avengers, I'm always like, "Hmm. I I just could never I, I could maybe if I found maybe I just haven't tried the right one yet. Maybe there's uh-huh. one that i do really enjoy and I just haven't gotten around to it. I've always been interested in the music uh, Perez, because I just kind of missed that at the time when it was
7: mm-hmm. coming out. So. I might try the that. Way, please, uh, since I have t- two thirds of you on the line, uh, it sounded like you guys had a hell of a good time talking to Larson. I must have Oh, fun. he was great. Yeah, he was oh, awesome. Good.
2: You should hear what we cut out.
7: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, did he drink with you like
1: uh, like Robinson did or no? Dude, he was he was down in diet cokes like no tomorrow. Oh
2: man, he's like a diet. He's a diet coke fiend.
1: It was Friday. Is he a big
7: dude? I I I've only don't. I mean is yeah, he like a like Yeah, he's yeah,
1: he's yeah, he's pretty yeah, he's pretty tall. I six three ish or so. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah, he's yeah. he's he's a pretty good sized guy.
7: So like everyone's his age, size like forties.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well he's yeah, you know, he's he's right there with uh with Savage Dragon, which we you know, we talked about. That's they're about the same age. Yeah. And uh, uh yeah, just really uh, easygoing, easy going, nice guy. Couldn't couldn't have asked for a better guest. Can
2: Except. I ask if anybody read anything good this week? <laughs> I did.
7: You still haven't uh, talked about uh, comics from this week yet? Oh, well, we've been getting uh, there. Be, before, before we,
1: before, <laughs> Vince, Radford, huh? before Vince goes back to the Pacific Rim, I would just like to say that um, World of New Krypton, World of New it, uh, was fucking awesome. It
2: was awesome.
1: I uh, loved it, and the last page was just a fuck yeah <laughs> moment. I was just, I was jumping you, up and down. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was. The dog you was freaked did not out. Not jump up and down. Yeah, you the dog liar. was just like, why are you doing that, Daddy? So I nah, guarantee
2: was- you were lying down reading it or sitting down, <laughs> half drunk. I guarantee you did not get out of your chair. <laughs> jump up and
1: jump okay, up okay. I, I fist pumped. Nice. <laughs> nice. I didn't
0: read it yet, but I will say, having looked at it, Pete Woods has found his groove.
2: Yes, he has. Yeah.
0: There, there was a little. There was a period at the end of what was he on Action or Superman, where it was kind of tenuous, not all that fleshed out. This is really good, Pete Woods.
2: It kind of yeah. reminded me a little bit of the ba- bad, bad Shaken, art a little bit. Where, okay, yeah. Where it like uh, faced like physical movements didn't seem to relate to the background, right? Very mm-hmm. well. So it just seems sort of detached from everything. Around it, but now, yeah he's looked really good in the mm-hmm. world of new crypto stuff
1: yeah, yeah. Great. um a pol- very nice political story um uh, for for a lot of it, and i just i I continue to love that i'm reading a Superman story where Superman is not the baddest man in the room, and he's on much, much more even footing with everyone in the book, and I think mm-hmm. it's just a it's a fantastic. Chris, uh huh,
2: he does have an advantage. His yeah, heart.
1: He's, his heart, <laughs> his
2: heart's four times as big. He's smarter. He's always smarter.
1: He does have experience on his side, but uh, no, it's, this- it, it's 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 <laughs> yes, Tom, and and heart, and he heart. does have heart. Yes. Yeah, he has the upgrade up. Upbringing of ma and Pa, and that in the end is is going to be what uh, uh what pushes him over the top so you America it's, it's, yeah
0: it always um, is it, that that's always the thing that separates him um his, his how, upbringing
1: how are you liking Zod in that series um either tom or or wood, who has read but you're 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 catching up Vince. how, how are I'm, you I'm liking? getting there how do you like Zod?
8: He's um, Zod.
0: yeah, to tell you the truth. I'm not there yet with Zod, mm mm-hmm. yeah, because' the only this version of Zod we've seen was from the the one story where he the last Sun
1: last sun story.
0: Right, the last sun story, but then again, the flashback in the Gary Frank issues where Zod is trying to liberate the city from the the uh, brainiac robots Same so story. in in that issue, he was a hero. We've never seen Zod like that.
1: You know who Zod kind of reminds me of? Who that? Is a little Tony Stark.
0: Oh, don't say that. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kind you know, and and Zod will Zod will end up being the bad guy in this because he's Zod. But yeah, I think there's a little Tony Stark there. He's it's like you know, hey, he's he's the. You know, the pragmatist. It's, this, is, this is the way it is, and, and there's not always a peaceful solution. Uh, yeah, I think there's a little, a little Tony Stark in, in, in Zod.
2: But I also think there's Zod is different from being. <laughs> this is the nerdiest thing I'm about to say. He's different <laughs> from being in the Phantom Zone. You know, well, it's anyone who's in prison for, you know, a really long time, you come out harsher. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and more than but a little like bit crazy. They, yeah.
2: yeah, you uh, you were thrown in. You he. I'm more fascinated by what's going to happen with non because my thought is that Nan is going to end up helping Superman. non being the big brutish guy who got lobotomized for siding with um, uh, Jor-El back on on Krypton, and he's been played as sort of being Zod's henchman, but you've seen more and more hints that Zod just doesn't care about him. You know, and no, you've seen no, Superman he's a pawn. to protect,
1: he's a pawn.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, trying to protect him, and I always thought that was that's a nice. It's a very tragic character. I find him probably the most interesting out of out of all of them.
1: Yeah. No oh, nervous. and I love I love seeing Ursa get the shit kicked out of her in action. I thought that was an awesome
2: issue. Oh my God, <laughs> you misogynist!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me and First Dave Sim right? over here.
2: <laughs> yeah, you dare, exactly. Watching a woman get. Well, down.
1: I love I loved Flamebird kicking her ass. Was okay. Nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I love when so, Flamebird did it. I was repulsed.
1: When was <laughs> Girl fights
7: rock. Oh, I I'll agree with you. Mm. No. I'm not reading it though, so I can't comment on this.
1: Read it, you will you, love it. You, no, I know. I just
7: I, I have the uh, Brainiac trade sitting waiting to read, and then I figured I'll just keep reading it trades. Dude,
1: J- Jason, I'm.
7: Th- I hear you, brother. I, I,
1: I not no, no, no. I'm calling you out, and I will make what? a deal with you. Oh, if you start reading. The Superman family of books as mm-hmm. they come out, mm-hmm. you can pick three books that for me to read, and I will I will do it. Oh, oh that's, that's a fair deal. deal. All
0: right. totally <laughs> pick the X Men. You have so, to.
1: You know what? If you <laughs> yes, pick, pick X Men, if you start reading, if you start reading all the Superman <laughs> family books, you okay. can pick you can pick Tarot, and I will read it. All right. Ooh, he's hot. <laughs> pick X-Men. Please, please don't do that. But, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's, so. bad.
2: that's not a deal then.
1: <laughs> no, I'd say you can do it. Just yeah. Just so please don't. You 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 pick three books and, and I'll X-Men. and I'll I'll read
7: read X Force. yeah, I'll I'll do it. That's that's fine by you me. You don't have
1: to do it right now. You can think on it.
7: Well considering um. this, this month's D C B S order is going to be about eighteen thousand dollars <laughs> from looks of it, adding a free <laughs> Superman book to it isn't gonna be a problem. Biggest month it, ever, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a
0: lot. There's it a lot crazy. of stuff.
7: Yep. Now, I have a question. Uh, do you guys... You probably saw... I know, Chris, you're not a previews guy. Tom, do you ever look through previews? No, not really.
0: All right, okay. hit me with it.
7: We we yeah, don't do things. that
1: in Chicago.
7: That's an East Coast thing.
1: Okay, well, that's there is a...
0: you have good comic stores. Exactly.
7: exactly. That's true. That's uh, true. Vince, in this previews, I'm sure, as you, as you know, there is a um, Marvel... Five issue series being solicited called Rebirth, right? And, or, reborn. or reborn? Reborn, reborn. Yeah. And all that's all, all we know is that it's called Reborn. It's written by Brew Baker. Uh, who? Who's? I, I'm.
0: I'm. I'm forgetting who. Uh, who's penciling
7: it? Somebody big.
0: Um, I you knew, but I don't know now. Is it you, little Francis? You? I don't think so, because that I would have
7: remembered. Uh, hold on, I have the preview sitting right here. Uh, but anyway, it's okay, Reborn, uh, written by Ed Brubaker, Hitch. It's uh, penciled by Brian Hitch, oh, 32 pages, three ninety-nine. It's just a, all they give us is the name Reborn. So a lot of people, myself included, were conjecturing it had something to do with Cap, you know, Steve Rogers coming back, it has right. got something to do with that universe. It would make a lot of sense given that it's written by Brubaker. But someone else told me that they think that it's actually the uh, relaunch of the Ultimate Universe and this is the new start of it. And so I was going to ask you guys if you had heard anything about this because I was planning on ordering it, but I'm not too interested if, if it is the launch of the ultimate universe. I'm I'm not really interested in reading that and right. I'd be kind of bummed if that's what this is about. So um,
1: well, wait wait and, wait and see then. I mean it, if you you know if they, if you don't know exactly what it is, just wait and see. Is it yeah. specified
0: yeah. Um, that it's it should be specified that it's One of the ultimate books, right?
7: But it's not. That's the thing. It's on its own. It's in the front page of Marvel previews with no iterations, and it's in the DCBS Mm. thing on its own too.
0: And that's a. Usually, the ultimate books come first in the Marvel catalog, Mm. you know, give or take. After, after the after the uh, famous author stuff. I don't know, but Doctor Drew really isn't the name of the writer enough. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. pretty much guaranteed it's going to be a good read. Hitch, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really care for a lot of what he did on Fantastic Four. Not to say he's not good, but that stuff he did on FF, I don't know. Too busy. Way too busy. Go, uh, why don't you just, uh, wait on that? And you know what? We'll be, we'll tell him to wait and the first issue will sell out because it'll be about cap.
1: Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, you should just, you should just wait and see if he comes back as a Black Lantern
7: first.
0: Chris, why don't you use some of your clout and ring up Ed and see what the, all this is That's what about? I'm thinking.
7: <laughs> guess <have> <laughs> next week and and uh, shoot the shit with him for a while and find out for us. I'll, yeah. I'll see what I can do.
0: Take <laughs> a low down. In next episode, you could just knock once. If it's about Cap, knock two. If it's about the Ultimate Universe, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not really giving anything away. You're just knocking. <laughs>
4: hate the fact that comics is going to $3.99, but I do have to take some of that back, some of that hate back for some of them books, because I do like Manhunter, and I'm glad that she's coming back in one of the backup stories in one of the books, and I do like the questions, so I'm glad I get to read, you know, some stories with her, so some new stories with with the questions, so... I mean, if you're going to do 3.99, at least give us some shit to enjoy. Just don't do like Marvel does. Double up a book, overcharge for it, and then pull the pages back. Make it a special, then pull the pages back. And I don't want fucking reprints and all that kind of bullshit. I don't want reprints. If I want old stories, I can go buy them myself. So just give me the story. If you're going to do the backup, give me something good. Some new stories with the backup, and I'll just deal with it that way, even though I hate it all the way around. So, that's it. Later. (laughs) Fuck you. Hey, Sarah. Y'all gotta see G.I. Joe Resolution. It's a webisode comic, a webisode thing with G.I. Joe on Adult Swim. You can look at it on the website. The Nickelodeon Adult Web website. This shit is awesome. I'm talking. People get killed. They kill a G.I. Joe. They have snake eyes slicing people. Stormwater. Storm Shadow is a psychopath. I mean, it has all the shit that I always wanted growing up watching a cartoon. Yeah. So check that shit out, later. Fuck okay. it. Yeah, this is Daryl, the angry black guy. Uh, there was a post put on the, the uh, message boards that uh, I think Pat put up before I did. Pat Luca, and it's about uh McDuffie talking about. How his run was, and all the interference that he had. And it seems like everything he wanted to do on his run, every arc, was either cut short, negated, he had characters pulled out in the middle. So he never had an unmolested arc on his run. So that could go with why it was so fucked up. So, I mean, that, that goes to. You know what? What everybody was talking about—what how bad JLA has been—and I think McDuffie needs to—he needs to be given a good run on his own, without being bothered. Give him one story. Let him do a story. It doesn't even have to be in, in, in constant continuity, and just let him do the run. You know, it's fucked up that you—you know—every character, everything he wants to do. You knew when you brought him on there. You're going to do shit with the main characters, then you should have told them, don't use them in the beginning. But, hey, that's what it was. Later. Okay. Hey, this is Angry Black Guy down. I do have an a angry rant that I have to say about Free Comic Book Day. Now, the store I usually go to, Time Machine, in New York, that perfect store. They get as many free comics as they can, even though they are charged for them by DC and Marvel and all the comic companies. But they try to buy as much as they can, and they invite people into the store. They encourage new people to come to the store. Now, there is a bigger store in Manhattan. It's a big-name store. And... They actually took the comics, the free comics, and put the shit outside. I mean, just threw it outside early. I went down there to stop by there about... It was only 2 in the afternoon. All the free comics were gone. Now, how is that inviting new people to come to your store? You just threw it on the table outside, and that's it. The only thing else they had left was some fucking... Uh, Wolverine claw shit You know a Little big hands a Little big claws What I mean I, What is the purpose Of a comic book day I thought it was To encourage Kids New readers To come into it But instead You just And then I heard them Telling the kid Who said You know Where the You know you Free comics He told the kid Oh you, boy You should have Got here earlier What kind of Bullshit is that What kind of Fucking comic, what comic book Company you running? I mean, it's bad enough you don't have any discounts, you don't have any incentive, you know, with these damn expensive comics to encourage people to buy. Just because you're a big-name store, you get a lot of traffic because you're in a, in a, a high-populated area, so you feel, fuck the fans. You know, you just, you pay full price and you get a few comics or not. Shut up. Fuck you. Whatever. That's the fuck you that we got. So if your store, if you're like that on free Comic book day, you you shouldn't have a store if that's how you treat your customers. If it's really like that. I feel that way, strongly about that. So anyway, that was my issue with that. So, later.
7: I read the uh, third loser's trade yesterday. Isn't that an awesome series? Oh, it's so good! It's so good, yeah. and the third one is a doozy because that's where we find out re- we actually see the, what the mission that and what what happened in the mission that led yep. to them yep. going to the land. So. Yeah. yeah, it's but,
1: a- Andy Diggle and Jock.
7: Those mm-hmm.
1: guys have I have yet to to see or read anything that isn't isn't good from mm-hmm. either of those guys. They're 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 good. Yeah. What's and then what's I Jock working on
0: now?
7: The covers to uh, Scalped mm-hmm. and he is working on the uh, the OGN with Delano on Hellblazer.
1: That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's doing the Hellblazer stuff. Because it was uh, the last sequential stuff he did was Green Arrow year one. Yeah. Mm.
7: But did you guys know, I listened to an interview of his on Sidebar today, mm-hmm. and that's why I saw your tweet, Chris, about Sidebar. And I had never heard of the podcast until one of our forum members mentioned it last week. And he mentioned, because we had talked about the new Fables cover artist, and he posted in the episode thread that he had just recently listened to Sidebar podcast where they interviewed him. So I went and checked that out. And the guy's name, by the way, it's we said it was Joe Rouse. It's actually, I think, called, his name is uh, Jao, because he's Brazilian. Jao Rus, that's how you say wow. it. But Sidebar interviewed him. And then I checked it out and, and it's so funny that I don't know Chris if that's the same reason you you discovered it recently but but yes. uh, I am in love with that podcast now these guys have had some unbelievable guests and some really so
1: art I was I was talking with Sunrist tonight and I, and and he he tends to agree with this, that they do the best artist interviews of anybody they understand the art process they know mm-hmm. the questions to ask their artists themselves and yeah. and they love talking to artists so if you are an artist that wants to hear more of the insider stuff on being an artist these guys they ask the questions that i that would never occur to me when i uh-huh. would yeah. talk to an artist. it's very easy to talk to a writer a lot of the times because you can talk story you can talk you know a, a ton of different things but talking to an artist is because it's visual it's hard to talk about visual things sometimes mm-hmm. and uh and they do an amazing job at sidebar um oh gosh i'm trying to think of a of a couple of my uh my favorite ones. well uh, yeah the the jock one was yeah i listened was to the great. jock
7: one today actually uh, and i He's a, he's a Scotsman, which is badass because fellow Scotsman, but uh, uh, I did not know that. He's been a DC exclusive for five years, actually. Yeah. But great. Yeah. But Vince, dude, th- you have to listen to Sidebar, Vince. This is, would love Sidebar. Yeah. All, they, they get deep, deep with every artist on the process, their motivation, cool. their artistic process. It's basically every time I've heard you ask an artist a question about process, that's basically what the whole conversation for them is about. Mm. So you've really got to check it out. And they've had great, great artists on there.
0: Yeah, they're the best at interviewing artists because we don't do them.
7: Ah, uh, <laughs> those little, little oh. challenges. Damn, throwing down, throwing it down. Yeah. Wow.
1: No, they they i have—I'll have to listen. Oh, definitely. definitely. I think—I think you'll enjoy it. I think. I can get a
0: little cocky it. once in a while. It's—it's it's healthy. Something. Every yeah.
7: once in a while, we gotta have a little a mirror something. back on one of these It's days. uh Their their URL by the way, sidebarnation.com. Uh, for those interested, they've just go. put up their ninety-third episode, which was an interview with Adam Hughes. For you, Adam Hughes fans,
2: uh, I wanted
0: to mention one thing I read this
2: week that. <laughs> <laughs> I-
0: <laughs> Hi, Tom. Tom Hi. just comes creeping out of the shadows. Hello. Oh, hey, hello.
2: Before I, I, I like uh, before things fall apart or something, or my you know, so I have to say something about this. I picked up a uh, uh, Final Crisis aftermath: Run. By Matthew Sturgis and Freddie Williams, mm-hmm. and I was uh, pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was really quite good. It was really funny and twisted. Uh, it's all about the uh, the Human Flame, who uh, from Final Crisis uh, killed Martian Manhunter, and now he's on the run because everyone's after him. And he is just one of the most depraved, like sick, fat, old asshole villains. You know like tying people up, setting a guy in a uh, a cow costume on fire. Like, <laughs> during a fight. Wow. It's just really, it's 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 funny. It's kind of like a funny, like twisted villain story. Uh, so
0: so it's Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force in you, with with a superhero costume on. I'm not sure.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's even drawn that way. It's even drawn where I was going to say that, um, that uh, the art, uh, one of the creepiest things is how uh, Freddie Williams draws the body hair on oh. him as he's running out of the hospital with like the robe sort of, the gown thing sort of open in the back and you get some, you get an ass shot of this old, <laughs> w-
3: <laughs> it's, he so it is enjoy it.
2: Yeah. It, it is it is Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force if he was a villain like <laughs> on the run from other guys. You know, he's trying like, to get money, so he, he tries to rob these like Eastern Block gangsters or former Eastern Block gangsters, it all goes wrong. He's at like a, a, like a fast food place and accidentally sets the mascot on fire and he you know, he goes back to his own family and dicks them over and it's just it, I think it's gonna be kind of a, a fun action romp. And it's I, a four it's issue cool. thing. Um. Uh. It's actually six. Wow. You got stretched out, you know. You gotta, you gotta, you <laughs> yeah. Got to make that trade. Got to make that trade. But I. I just kind of picked it up on a whim, because mm-hmm. I, I. I didn't really enjoy uh, Freddie Williams' art on the Flash, but I quite enjoyed it a lot in this book. So I. I wanted to mention that that I quite enjoyed it. It was funny. I laughed out loud when he set the cow on fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Uh, so I want to ask you one thing, Mister Caters. Yeah. Ooh. What, what did you think of the last page of Flash Reborn number two? Uh, Flash Rebirth? Flash Rebirth, yeah, number
2: two. I,
0: I, I, I think it's an interesting
2: twist. <laughs> I've read it. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. once, we, we... I was afraid. That uh, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was an interesting twist. I'm not entirely, you know, I, I don't think the end of this story is going to just be Barry Allen is the Flash and, you know, everything's normal. I'm beginning to <laughs> think so, too. That he's just going to be the Flash, and, and oh yeah, he goes. I think that I knew that when he when he came back, and it wasn't an issue of him hugging everyone, you know, <laughs> like oh I'm back, awesome, let's go, you know. He's, like, he's, he's kind of aloof. Uh, something's, you know, so he got he's getting dicked over.
0: But but from what I've read, I haven't read very many Flash comics with Barry Allen. Yeah. Fr- from the ones I, I have read, he's not very touchy feely to begin with. No, no,
2: it's it's true. I mean, even in the second issue, they bring up the fact. Fe- it's sort of weird because there's points in that second issue where it's like John's anticipated people's critiques of the first one, of course and he, he gives did. the examples of like, "Oh yeah, you know, I killed Professor Zoom. You know, I did all this stuff. I wasn't a saint. I was just a guy looking, you know, for just, you know, to protect justice. You know, uh-huh. I'm not sort of saint out there doing all this. You know, some great guy who's always been right and is always, you know." done the correct thing all the time. Which is, even you know, if you read the old Flash books, I mean, they did some fucking horrendous shit to him. You know, it's just about every terrible thing you could do to it. You know, they killed his wife. They disfigured him. They <laughs> he, he fell in love again and the same guy tried to kill the second woman. She went insane because he couldn't be with her anymore. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like the Flash had this long history of these really happy stories. You know, I think people haven't read a lot of old Flash stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They think it's all Silver Age. It's all, like, you know, let's sit down and have a banquet, and then the Flash punches Gorilla Grodd in the face. And I love those stories, but that's not... That's cherry-picking a certain aspect of a character. Not The guy was around for, like, 30 years. There's a lot of different things in his
0: history if you really want to pick them apart. So, I, I enjoyed it. Ethan VanSkyver's art is, like, being... High on a mind altering substance because it's so hyper detailed. It's like, I don't know if any of you guys have ever experienced it, but you see (laughs) levels of detail that you don't normally see when you're quote straight. That's what Ethan Van Skyver's artwork is, is to me. It's like you're in another realm where you can see beyond surface level into this hyper detailed. Plain. I, I don't know. I don't know how to better exp- explain it. There, a
7: little in this issue too. It,
0: it's it's crystal clear to the point where it's too clear.
7: Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I was going to say to me, to me, he's gotten to the point where he's almost. Uh, and I know this may be blasphemous for some people, but and I love George Perez. Don't get me wrong, but I think Perez can. There are panels where I think when you look back at the stuff, it, it's so hyper detailed, it's almost a chore to look at the page as part of a story. I mean, it's great to go back and look at it and see all the Easter eggs, but it's so you don't know where your eyes should go. And that was my criticism of Van Sciver in the first issue. I haven't read the second issue is that I didn't, there were times in panels where I literally didn't know where I should be looking to tell the story. I felt like I was just, and he's clearly, I mean, ultra detailed. So it's, I'm not faulting the man for his, his chops, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but as a storyteller, Telling mechanism, I, I think sometimes less can be more. I mean, I, I really do think that uh, you can have too much on the page, and, uh, and it's I think like
0: looking at a cube and seeing all the sides at once. Yeah, it, it, yeah, It's almost as if you're you're in like five or six dimensions where you could see mm-hmm. the the we, the breadth, and the width, and the weight, and the. It, it's crazy how much detail he puts into the stuff.
1: Sure, yeah. like you know, he, even
0: like- even more than Perez,
1: I would think. Yeah, he- as I've kind of gotten, you know. Uh, really looked at art and and hopefully matured as as a fan of comics and the medium. I look at at people that do less to convey more in comics, and so looking at people like like Darwin Cook um, or you know a guy like Chris Somney, that yeah. it, it yeah, is amazing. Totally.
7: And yep. Toth, that, Jock, Jock talked about that. That's one of his big things. using negative space and less is more. And sure, you know,
1: you, know, you use what is not there to uh, to just hint at, at, at lines and and what and form. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And yeah, and Van Skiver and and Perez and you know uh, Jeff Darrow. Those guys are are in another in another camp. Well, with I mean, that.
2: to be not, fair, not there bad. Are that want that? What's yeah, that? there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are people that, oh, and I do, they, yeah.
7: I, and I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, I I loved Van Cover in on, on the Green Lantern stuff. I mean, I it didn't bother me there. Um, so it's it's kind of unfair of me to criticize him for. I don't think his style has changed that much this time, but just for whatever reason, maybe because of my own subconscious expectations for the story, I'm that first issue I read it and I thought, wow, this is a really they this is really busy. It's hard for me to follow the story at times but you know
0: well i think not to be an apologist for van skyver but in in light of the the uh title character i would think that barry would absorb a ton of information more than someone that operated at normal speed because he's he's hypercharged he's always on the move bang he's, he's running all over he would notice detail because he's he's attuned to that because he's always moving so fast he would notice the detail more than you or i everything else
1: everything else is in slow motion
0: right so i think maybe you know that works with the character that this thing is so detailed we may be looking at it through barry's eyes that I, i may be justifying it i don't know but it it sounds good <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it?
1: Well, I mean it, it can all be uh, you know exactly what you're saying it's it's all about perspective. You know, right. I love Carl uh, Kerschel whenever he does flash because it's fast and sleek looking and and everything's kind of like this, you know, hyper-realized blur and, <laughs> and I dig that. But yeah, I can see I can see the the hyper detail end of it as well.
0: I don't or- envy Van skyver. It must be incredibly difficult to put that much information on the page
7: tom i i've always wanted to know who was your favorite flash artist
0: hmm. um, i always
2: uh, i <laughs> i enjoyed uh well, infantino to mm-hmm. me is sort of the the base of where it all comes from but i, I always enjoyed uh, scott Collins yes which, uh, to, to mm-hmm. me that was the best uh i i enjoyed uh Rowing- R- i've had a few drinks. Raringo. Raringo, uh quite a bit so those would probably be my my top, my top ones that I've always enjoyed the most. There's been plenty of good ones. I shouldn't say. I'm trying to think of one I didn't that really just put me off.
7: Well, you said you didn't care for Freddy. I, I, were you in the camp who didn't care for the Akuna stuff? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think he, his style works good on certain things. I, yeah. I I just didn't think like Uncle Sam.
7: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great yeah. on Uncle Sam. Me I, too. I, and I like it on the Eternals as well. I just think you're always going to have
2: problems if you're doing a character who's supposed to be really fast and it looks really static.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I th- Isn't the Eternals canceled? Yeah, uh, I think it's
7: soon to be. Yes, if bad. it's not, yeah,
0: that's too bad. Aww. Did you enjoy it? The,
7: the, the art's been good. I, I think the story's been a little bit choppy. It's it's taken a long time to get where I'm not sure. I wiped them off. Oh, I've nothing against you know. Every, every writer or writing team have. You know good and bad moments over if their careers were long enough so I just he did uh, one
1: he did one of my favorite hbo series sex in the cat city house? no
7: not sex in the city cat house <laughs> no
1: no he uh he's the creator of carnival
7: yeah, what? Great- oh that's right yeah is it isn't it a uh, what is it a, are they brothers or father son or who father son
0: father, father son, son. Robot and, and creator david and i talked about this <laughs> way back in in the bullpen days didn't care for the ending of Carnival. I know it wasn't an ending, but yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, didn't care the way they left that hanging.
8: Hello, Vince and David and Wood and the other fella, Chris, the guy with all the drinking. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. My name is Gareth. I just wanted to say I really like what you do. I like all the impressions that I hear on the show. And, um, Chris, don't ever stop being a drinking like an alcoholic snob. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about when you're doing all the, all the posh drinks and that. And, um, I understand jingling I like a good pint of fosters myself, but, um, I really love it. And, uh, I hope you keep on doing it. And I like all the impressions, and I'm going to give some impressions a go. Um, so I might pluck up some courage and try and, uh, try and give some more impressions. So... Keeping it real for the uh, the second time, someone from Wales has called the show. I hope I'm coherent and you don't need fucking subtitles. Okay, goodbye. <coughs> Hello, 11 o'clock comics. This is Christopher Walken. I was listening to your show last week and I couldn't help but think that somebody had called up and pretended to be Christopher Walken. But this is me, Christopher Walken, who is speaking to you now. You may remember me from such films as Perfection when I stuck a watch up my bottom and the True Romance when I shot Dennis Harper in the face and washed my hands in a fish tank. Not very convenient or, or hygienic, I know. And I was also in The Deer Hunter where I lost the plot completely and uh, forced lots of people to watch the film after they bought that lovely single of lovely music from the film and then got really, really upset when I shot myself in the head. Um, I am Christopher Walken and uh, all the rest of you are plagiaristic bastards. Bye bye. Hello, 11 o'clock comics. This is Marlon Brando. I am calling because I listen to your show every week and I love it. I subscribe. And when I can reach the keyboard from over my fat fucking stomach, I plug my iPod into the side of the keyboard and I upload your show. And I love listening to all of you boys. It really is Marlon Brando. You may remember me from such films as The Godfather, in which I play a large fat man. And also films like Last Tango in Paris, where I play a large fat man. Who lubes up his dick With a piece of butt And sticks it up A lady's bottom That was lots of fun And I also played A large fat man In Apocalypse Now um, And I spent two weeks On the set Holding up the filming uh, Reading old issues Of The Flash um, Francis Ford Coppola Got well fucked off <laughs> And anyway It's Marlon Brando And I love listening To you guys On 11 o'clock comics It really is Marlon Brando Goodbye.
2: Can I complain about paper
0: for a second? Uh, sure, Chris. <laughs> Chris is here.
2: I was on the train today trying to read Jonah Hex, and I could not get a proper position on that goddamn train to see what was going on because the paper was so freaking glossy. Yeah. It was oh, like holding wow. a mirror in my hands.
0: There's something to be said about that old Catwoman paper that they used on Robin and Catwoman. That paper's awesome.
2: Yeah. I could I, I I could not see like a couple panels. I mean, it was, it was a it was a dark panel, and I'm sitting on this train trying to tilt this book. I look first of all, I look ridiculous because <laughs> I'm reading a comic book, and that, two, I look like I'm having some sort of like mental breakdown because I'm tilting this page <laughs> to avoid scene. the glare from the, uh, the, the fact that it was also humid and it was already like curling in my hands as I was holding it. <laughs> just depressed
1: well you know we were were talking about wednesday comics a little bit earlier and i oh god i pray to god that they print that on a really toothy stock i really don't want to see that on a on a glossy stock
0: what's up how you doing good how you guys doing we're doing great what's up chris <laughs> All right, so so sure,
5: we're we. Hold on, I want to make sure that I can uh, that I can hear everybody. Are you guys recording right now?
0: You're on, oh, yeah. buddy.
5: You got oh, it. This, you guys, you, this is an ambush. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the chat party. What are you dressed as? Oh, Tom Caters. <laughs> I'm dressed as I'm dressed as uh, Spock. Nice. I'm dressed as Wolverine. I'm the best at what I do, and what I do oh. is kick ass. Nice. <laughs> How are you, Scotty? I'm good. Who's all here? The Uh, usual
0: crew minus David.
5: Minus David. Yes. Hello uh, hello everybody.
0: And in case you don't know, it's Scotty Young, the mastermind behind the Wizard of Oz comic from Marvel, the voice of Devil and Me podcast, and just one of the best artists out there right now.
5: Oh, take it easy. No, 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 I'm I'm, Fixie the way
1: she
0: should be drawn. I'm not lying. Well, thank you so much. There you go.
5: Well Scot- Scotty, Stop. you'll be very
1: excited to know that you that you came in just at the point of the show where we're talking about
5: paper. Yeah. Paper paper and comics? Yes. Yeah. Printing. What give me a rundown. What have you guys been talking about tonight? All types of crazy shit?
1: All all, ty- oh. all types of crazy shit. we were just talking about Wednesday comics and yeah. what kind of paper we want it to be printed on.
5: <laughs> what kind of paper? Wow, damn. Uh, I Can't <laughs> believe I didn't get here earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the hotness. We're bringing the heat tonight. Wait. I just walked I literally just walked out of seeing Wolverine. I oh, like, I would think I'm gonna tell you what, I thought it kicked like eleven kinds of ass. <laughs> nice. I I <laughs> <Vince is laughs> <Vince> hated it. <laughs> Did you, you know what? Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know I don't know if it's because I've moved to the country or what this year, but I, I've turned a, I've turned a corner and I just I, I feel like I don't have the energy to hate much anymore. And I think when I watched a little kid walk out of the theater tonight and like clawing the air like he was Wolverine, I thought, you know what? I don't know if movies are made for me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't an incredible movie. Don't get me wrong. But it was fun. And that kid had a blast. So I thought, it, I tried to think of it from my 13-year-old self. I probably would have thought it was like the coolest movie ever.
0: You know the thing I, that bothered me the most about it, and, and you'll understand this being an artist who deals with composition every day of his life. Right. Don't you think a lot of the shots were very pedestrian?
5: I do I, I do, but at the same time I I think that there's very there's few movies there's very few movies that have incredible compositions, so it doesn't stand out to me as being any uh, I don't think any worse than a normal action movie that I go see,
0: I guess. Okay. Well for instance, taking into account the incredible source material of the Weapon X Saga. You have right. Barry Windsor Smith, who fleshed out those machines and everything in, in the Weapon X series, and we get a scene in the movie that corresponds to what has been done before, and all it is is a tank in the middle of a room. No finesse. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give just, you
5: that. I'll give you that. They definitely could have, art, they could have the, the set design could have definitely used a little spicing up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, a, in a lot of areas. I, w- I definitely will give you that. But anyway, I don't want to interrupt you guys' this paper discussion with uh, Wolverine. I'm sure you haven't talked about it. <laughs> no, no. Let's, uh, uh, the the Wolverine the the discussion Wolverine. is much, much more interesting, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, no kidding.
0: No, Tom was saying he was reading Jonah Hex on the bus, and he had a hard time actually seeing what was on the page because of the glare.
5: I, Tom, I feel your pain at times. Um, there's been times where e- at night I'll be reading a book, and the glare from my reading lamp actually will make it tough on some books. It sucks.
2: It's unnecessary, really. I mean... <laughs>
5: Need that gloss. I I don't need that glossy
2: paper. I beg for like the what the stuff the Vertigo books are printed on because I yeah, can feed yes. it. in yeah. it. yes.
5: I think there's also something to be said about like, and I don't even know if you have to go all the way to the Vertigo, but you can find it in between with a nice, not full on newsprint, but a nice little mat, a, yeah. a nice little mat stock that has has still a little bit of substance to it, so the ink doesn't completely dull out, but also doesn't gleam if it's uh if it's uh 10 sunny that day
2: <laughs> i ask i can't i hate books that have lots of darkness in it on that glossy paper i just always yeah. think it feels full it feels like i'm in a dark room and like watching some moody scene or like in a movie theater and some asshole just walked in with like a spotlight just well it's playing. like most
5: books that you have trouble with most books today since they're all named like Dark black is shadows and stuff. Right?
2: Like- it's all filled with a, a rainbow assortment of uh, of characters, though. No, like, like- it's easy. Roy J like- Div, my friend.
0: Like Daredevil. Daredevil's a tough read. There's a, a lot of glare in Daredevil because it's a dark, well, naturally a dark book.
1: I, Scotty, do you ever have that happen where where you will you'll work on a project, you'll see um, colors come back, and you look at everything digitally, and it and you're just like ah. Oh. That that just is fantastic. Couldn't be happier. And then it hits press and you get it back and you're like, what the fuck happened?
5: Yeah. I mean, that definitely um, was was the, that definitely was the thing at the beginning of my career, you know, like 2001, 2002, when I first started seeing books, uh, you, you cry a little bit each time, but two things, you start to learn how the color works. So you start to prepare for that while coloring. And, and once I started taking over and controlling the colors on my books. I had a little bit more control on that end. And two, you all you always understand that the trade stock and printing is always of higher quality than the monthlies. So you just kind of turn your head and hope that you don't see the singles. And when the trade comes out, you go, oh, there's my baby. Yeah. So now that you've yeah.
2: started writing, when are you just going to start printing it yourself in your house? I've already done that. K-
5: Casey has quit her job. And <laughs> that's actually that's actually why we're having a child. Because I need someone to run the press.
2: Their little hands can get it's in the child, parts where you can't.
5: Nice. Each book, like old school Wizard of Oz books, they're all going to be actually like hand inked each image.
1: Scotty's doing eliminated manuscripts.
0: I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey,
1: congr- congratulations! By the way, I haven't been able to, to congratulate you in person, so. Well, thank you very um, much. Thank you. It's a it's a it's a youngster on the way. Pun great
5: it 's crazy it 's crazy yeah well thank you awesome. uh, you
1: know you you 're one of the people that kind of introduced me to um, uh, to European comics and the, the big graphic albums and that 's one of the things you know just talking about presentation in general that is so nice about those is that you 're really seeing the artwork as it 's as it 's meant to be, and i I, I think that um, i mean there are there are American comics and western comics that are getting that in some of the the higher end collections, but i think we're we 're still kind of a, a a ways off of really presenting the quality of artwork that 's out there in in a way that that it 's meant to be seen
5: yeah i mean i I think there 's also something to be said about the um, you know the European kind of graphic albums that they put out they you know they they also spend a year or more producing one forty-eight page book. So I think sometimes the amount of money put into the printing there, it, it keeps that in mind that, you know, the, they're, they're on a whole different production scale than we are. And, and, and I was just talking to a friend today, how, when I was younger and I first discovered European comics that, you know, I, they almost hurt me more than they helped me because I thought that I could produce work like that on a monthly basis and then I, <laughs> then I I slowly learned that these people are spending, you know, 2 years on 40 pages. I do 40 pages in 2 weeks, you know. So yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely a different world, you know.
0: And they have much higher sales to justify those kind of production costs, too.
5: Yeah, they're I mean they 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 definitely have higher sales and their do they books really? Oh yeah. They have yeah, they have the comic books over there are much more akin to book books. I mean, they're not they're they have their bookstores, their I guess what you would call a comic book store, are much more like an a- actual Borders or something. They go in; it's just filled with albums and and uh, of all types of genres. and And the di- I think another difference is they keep books in print for much longer. Uh, they 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 are about building an audience slowly and trying to bring them in over time. Um, as opposed to, you know, where, where we've become a little bit, you know, if it's actually not a success before it hits shelves, we kind of run away from it already, you know, so. Mm-hmm.
0: They don't yeah, sell was- out before they've, it's come out. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't <laughs> you know, do type- many crossovers either, so maybe <laughs> that's <laughs> one of the reasons.
1: Talking about, about keeping stuff in print, this is funny that, you know, Sal and I were talking about this at, at work that. Take um, a drink,
0: everyone. He said Sal
2: and I, are ta- we're talking.
1: <laughs> we're talking. No we're talking. Yeah, every week um, that that you were wanting to read some of the earlier uh, Frank Miller Daredevil stuff,
5: and I have, right, yeah, I have them right here on my desk actually. Yeah, but I, what
1: weren't what weren't you able to buy?
5: No, I bought them all. Uh, no, here, well, here's the deal. I, I'll give you the whole story. First, I wasn't able to buy um, the hardcover, the omnibus,
1: the, the, the omnibus. It's out of print. And again,
5: I I, I go back to my. Really? I'm not going to complain on your show tonight, but I will. I'm going to. I'm going to get this one complaint out of the way, and then I'm going to be, like, positive all night. So I am so tired of things being called omnibuses when they don't collect everything. Like, I I don't feel that omnibus volume something actually should ever exist because that, if you, (laughs) the definition of the word omnibus means collecting it all or, or the entirety of something. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't find the hardcover omnibus of the Daredevil Frank Miller run which actually I thought was kind of good in the long run because I bought the three volumes of the soft covers, which are actually much more manageable of a read um, mm-hmm. as opposed to having like the giant Bible on my chest every night. But I've been really getting into... I've, I've, I've gone this old school kick lately where I kind of put down, put down newer comics and, and, save, and save them for later. And I've, I'm going back and <laughs> probably some people will laugh, but I'm rereading Spawn I mean, oh, Nothing f- wrong with that. Oh no, I'm with you on that, man. I'm re because they have six volumes. They have up to about a hundred and somewhere around a hundred and twenty collected into six giant like phone book style volumes. Yeah, a- and I'm on volume three right now. And man, Greg Capullo is just awesome.
0: Yeah, he's a monster. He really is. I did not appreciate him the first time around. Going back and rereading it, you see that man has finesse. He's really good.
5: That guy is a true cartoonist, man. Like there's the 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 um, the amount of energy and emotion and and, and uh, expressiveness that he has in, in just about every page and panel is just awesome. They don't make him like him anymore. I don't think. No. I wish right. I wish he would come back and do a re- do regular runs again. Yeah. Well, he's doing an issue or two of Spawn. I know, but that's just enough to make me miss him more. <laughs> I want it. He doesn't even want that. I mean,
2: yeah, they're giving me it all or give me none. Teasing <laughs> shit.
5: That's how I roll, Tom. Tom knows me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna reread Spawn, and then once I get done with Spawn, I'm gonna dive into these old uh, the Frank Miller uh, Daredevils. They're awesome. Yeah, they are uh, good. What, yeah, is everybody? What's what's everybody's take on those books? Um, Landmark. They're. Uh,
1: Absolute landmark comics. It's uh, I've never
5: heard you call anything a landmark, Chris.
1: That is a landmark comic. You're and your shit one <laughs> is it you I I'm I'm full of hyperbole and you know it, but yeah, those is are, it, those, those are is awesome. it
2: one of the best comics of all time?
1: Best comics <laughs> of all is, time. No, oh, sure. quite well, possibly Chris, the, death of Electra, the greatest yeah. comics ever made. Yes.
2: I like yeah. the art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna rag on the story I mean there are really good parts of it there are parts that I, I don't think the art is always good the Frank Miller right. is awesome right. the, there are times when the story is really good and then there's times where I think it's yeah. You know, I always think it's funny when people are like, Frank Miller's lost it. And I'm always kind of like, well, now there are times when he didn't have it back then. Either. <laughs> and
1: I'm
0: like, he you was know? looking for it. I
1: find what, that to word, be, I, I find that to be,
5: I find that to be the same with, with almost most, I mean, with most comic book discussions is we all have, uh, we all have selective memories at times whenever it comes to certain things where we, you know, we forget something was just, well, it was just a story or something else is like, yeah, it, I'm the same. I've said the same things with people, but then I realize, like, well, hell, I don't ever knew if he had it all or not, you know. So I can't really right. say he lost it.
2: Well, it goes back to the fact that he have You got to put it out monthly. I mean, like, you know, you're putting out th- that much work. It's not all going to be awesome every time, no matter right. how how hard. You know, you it might not be a lack of effort.
7: Well, I think no. it speaks to a bigger issue though, which is just our the way we can, we remember consumption of of lots of different types of of media and memories i mean it's like you know uh i'm sure we all had that moment when we were you know really getting the music as you know teenagers and there was sort of the music that made our stamp and you remember your your parents saying oh that's not like the music we had and you laugh at them and you know now that i'm a parent of kids and i'm in my mid-30s i realize that i'm finally disconnected to the you know the quote-unquote hot music of the time, and and it's it's not because the music is bad or worse, it's it's it, or or any better. It's because you know it's, it's not ours, if, right? It's not yours. You you there are those moments in your life when something's formative, and inherently that way amplifies forever your perception of that relative to all else of its form. Yeah. It's like why for us the original Star Wars trilogy way better than the new stuff. But I I would be shocked if my sons who love all six movies as they get older, don't find the newer three better because they're going to say, well, the better special. You know what I mean? It's it's just the way you perceive things. And, and, and I think the same thing with comics. I mean, you know, Tom, you alluded to me being an X-Men guy. Well, yeah, I mean, because the first comics, in my mind, those those burn Cockrum, Claremont, that run of X-Men and, and the, that coincident run of Avengers... To me, those are the best comics ever written because those are the ones that made me a huge comics fan. So if yeah. I went back, I'm, I'm almost afraid to go back and read some of those Avengers issues because you're right, I would probably be like, oh, these aren't as good as I remember
5: them to be. That's- no, you know what? Go do it, man. Go do it because that's what I'm doing with Spawn. Like, Spawn was the first, like... Spawn and a few of the other image books were some of the first comic books that I collected and read. Mm-hmm. I mean, I people like most kids you're given comics and you find, you know, you, randomly throughout your life you have comics and I read Mad Magazine, but that was the first Spawn was kind of the first time that I decided that this is me reading comic books. And now that I'm rereading it, while I do find it to be overwritten at times, it was part of an era where people didn't let the panel or the drawing Tell the story. They also had to go in with a narrative box over top of it and tell you exactly what was drawn. You know, like sure. he, Spawn. You see an image of Spawn walking, and the thing will go, "Spawn darkly walks." You know, like. <laughs> so, aside from it being overwritten, it still what it did the most is make me feel like, "Holy shit!" It, it, I kind of remember what got me into all this. I kind of remember, and it, and it's probably because of that that I actually walked out of Wolverine tonight with a smile on my face and not picking it apart like i have with so many movies before it because i'm kind of in this weird like sunny i don't know what the fuck's wrong with me but i'm kind of like everything <laughs> is fuck, you know everything's all good right now i don't i don't know it's just you know because uh, you, know,
1: you know you know that some 12 year old kid is going to have the same reaction to that movie that you did to spawn whenever you first yeah heard. i
5: guess it's exactly what wood just said you know it's 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 uh it's somebody's that's somebody's first there it, it it's not necessarily mine in some ways i would say this wolverine movie is like kanye west right i'm, I'm not really into him, but i know why somebody would be because they like auto-tune music or whatever but what you know <laughs> so something like that well, so I, I
0: think i think wood's right to a point where we do kind of hold dear the first exposure to different art forms but yeah. i gotta say there's a reason why those Silver Age books are so highly regarded. I think they were better. I mean, it's not just a case of it being our first. Those craftsmen like Kirby and Buscema and Colin <laughs> sure. and, and, and Ditko. Dare to
7: assail the Kirby era.
0: No, those guys were trained totally different as, as the artist, uh, than the artists of today. They, they told stories in a totally different manner. The goal was not to fill a trade. The goal was to tell a story. Right so the the I, the approach was totally different they're working from a different viewpoint. I think they were better comics. Well, yeah, but
5: we live in a time right now where I think you have to give everybody and I'm I'm included in this group that I'm going that I'm going to mention. You got to give everybody now time and age to learn how to appreciate that era of comics because I will I'll be the first to admit that for for the majority of my comic book fan life i didn't appreciate jack kirby i didn't appreciate that era of comics um it, and i while i 'm not going to say that i 've read a ton of them still to this day and what ones i have i don't i don't love but a I understand them and i've come to actually look at Jack Kirby as the master that I think that he is uh, uh, and, and with the style that he created but it took me a long time to to love it, just like it took me a long time to open kind of my eyes to a lot of different music over the years and you know where it's where you know you slowly go pop music isn't the only music and you start digging and you start finding the Allman Brothers and you start finding the, the you know the Robert Johnson's of the world and you start finding that kind of stuff.
2: I think you, you s- learn context.
5: Of yes. You now like when you
2: yeah, as someone who reads a lot of old comics mm-hmm. I don't read a book from 1965 with the same view that I would read a book now because I sure. have enough experience to know that it wasn't done the same way. You know, it's right. like whenever I hear people say that comics have, and I've said it, you know, and now looking back, yeah, I've, I don't think it's true. People are like, oh, comics have evolved. And I'm like, well, and now it's the best time to read comics. I'm like, I don't know. Like, if you were 10 years old in 1963, that was a pretty fucking cool time to be reading comics, too. I mean, that's yeah. not, it's whatever. And there's kids now, or somebody reading comics now, or someone who was reading comics in 1989 or whatever, that was the best time because when you like something when you're 12, I mean, yeah. that's as much as you're going to like anything in your life.
5: Sure. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. you know, working on working on The Wizard of Oz this past year and, then, and subsequently working on a children's book that I've been writing and drawing on my own, doing a lot of research, I've, weirdly enough, just about kids and, and the way that they look at the world and the way that they see things, it's like that with almost anything. The thing that we forget as we get older is, Kids' capacity for imagination is giant. So mm-hmm. everything that they take in, whatever is put in front of them at that time, they have the ability to take the littlest rock and turn it into a mountain in their head. So so that's where a lot of that stuff comes. When we read stuff at a certain age, it becomes a monster in our minds because we're able to see it like that. We're not bitter old men that we become later where it's like – you know, we're 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 down to kind of break things apart and everything. So there's there's definitely something to be said about that purity of of like you said, Tom, just the the thirteen year old that read it in 1963, going, "Holy, this is pretty fucking cool." City
2: filled with talking gorillas. You know, like right. it, didn't, well, it wasn't a concern about like, <laughs> wait, well, wait a second, can we really have you know? Because the whole mm-hmm. point at that time was to just put out stuff that's big enough for kids to enjoy right. Right? Well, and, and then again
0: the, the, uh, the writer and the, art, and the artist the problem solving is, was much different back then that's what it's oh, all yeah, about
3: right, yeah, D- sure. w-
0: when, you, when you are given directions to do a, a chase scene say and, and you don't have the luxury of spreading it out over three or five pages you have to condense and that's that's what the thing about the Silver Age books are they're like condensed comic goodness because they did in one page what guys today do in like five or six so it, well, I think that that problem solving they 're coming at it from a different yeah. uh, totally different viewpoint
1: well, and I think that's be- where a lot of the the jadedness of uh, of fans you know and, and i 'm guilty uh, you know we're all guilty to, to some extent is that as we get older, our imaginations are not able to fill in the gaps like they were whenever we were kids, and so that 's where a lot of the bitterness comes from is that we're relying on you know the product to fill in what we aren't able to anymore well, it's a, I I, I, you know I grew up watching Doctor Who, which from a visual standpoint was terrible i mean just terrible, but what <laughs> it did for my twelve you know fourteen year old imagination i mean it opened up worlds for me and it, it, to go back and watch that now it 's nostalgic but if if they were to still produce that show at that production quality i, I would say that it's, it's terrible so yeah. um you know, yeah, there there's a lot to be said for, you know, us, you know, quote unquote chasing the dragon of, of imagination because um as adults we can't fill in what we
5: used to as kids. Chris, oh how I missed your crazy sayings, man. Like <laughs> Chris, Chris will always find a way to be like, I'll tell you what, that's a biscuit in a can that you can't unzip, you know, like what? <laughs> You there's
1: can a make reverse to it in the oven, but it don't. don't make them biscuits. Yeah. There's a reverse
2: to it too. In that there's stuff that I've really enjoyed reading as an adult that you know a kids never
7: gonna grasp. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, like that's uh, two different things. You know. That's perfect that's just example. Not- Tom, your your um, your pick of the of the month, the Luther Arkwright. I mean, there, yeah. there's not a prayer as a kid, and I liked. You know, I you know I read a lot as a kid. I, I wouldn't have. I mean, I wouldn't have slogged through that. You know, I wouldn't have appreciated it. They would have been like, I don't, this is, wow, this is a
0: wordy again, comp, it, w- you know, it like, wasn't created for kids. Yeah. Right, exactly.
7: right. But that's what I'm saying. But I, I want to say, Chris, uh, I mean, Tom, you mentioned something which I think is really true, which is about, you said something about, um, as you get older, you get, you sort of right. need some perspective, you know, some context. And I think that's really true. And it jives with, you know, Chris, I, I think a lot about how even we we fall into the trap, but certainly a lot of the quote unquote internet you know, fanboy stigma of, of everyone's so negative and, and And I think you touched on it, which is that so many, and we rant about this all the time, so many of our fellow comics fans who come from the same place of love and affection for the medium are stuck in the mode, and it's hard to get out of. I was in that mode for a long time too, where you just keep reading the same titles and characters. And don't get me wrong, I still read X-Men, I still read Avengers, I still read Thor and the Hulk, so I, I'm still reading them. But I think if you're able to sort of evolve and realize how broad the comics medium is for me personally being able to experience so many other aspects of the industry has afforded me the perspective where as you said I can look at things now for what they are and appreciate them and I don't have to feel I and and it's made me a lot less judgmental of the uh the conventions that are all too familiar to me in the you know the superhero books that we read because i mean you know you read superhero comics for 30 years it's going to be hard for there to be too much surprising and that's just that's just natural with the experience but i don't read them with the judgmental eye that i that i would have had a few years ago because i know that there are so many other comics that are completely different and offer completely different experience that i could go to uh, completely if i wanted to so i don't feel sort of burdened by what comics need to be now whereas i was much more like that you know, five years ago, you know, I was called that. I, I don't
0: know if I necessarily agree with that. Really? Yeah, because good comics creators will give you all the context and all the perspective you need. All you need to be concerned with is what's between those covers.
5: Yeah, but good oh, no, is su- I think good is, good is subjective though. You have to. I mean, just like any, just like any art or any painting. Now, and this is coming from an artist that has an awful lot of problems with an awful lot of art, but I've had to. <laughs> I've had to come to to grips over over time, and usually boil it down to that's not my tastes. So, uh, y- y- you know, y- you can't. What's good for one is probably not going to be good for all. Well, of course, yeah. and, and, and you know what I mean. And a lot of it is going to come with experience. You know, uh, a well versed comic fan that's been reading comics for a very long time has a very good. Uh, A very good source of reference in their brain to great writing, to middle-of-the-road writing, to poor writing. So you have a very big knowledge base to to pull from versus someone who maybe, even at an older age, maybe just exposed to comics. Say some of these comic book movies that maybe get a new comic book reader. If if they're reading a comic book for the first time, it may be one of the poorly done, you know, it may be one that most people regard as, well, that's maybe, that's kind of a poor poor version of writing but to that first person that's what a comic book becomes and you know so the the marks and 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 we all i guess hope that over the years they start to learn and and shift and and i've i've absolutely become that person where you know there's been a big learning curve for me on on what i see as a good right good written comic or a good drawn comic or 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 many of those things but i it's it really i think comes down to age experience amount of amount of material that you've been through and and obviously there you know you guys i mean i'm I'm sure there's (laughs) i can't compete with the amount of comic books you any any one of you guys have read so i read uh, five
2: right now while we were talking
5: i figured you did i i figured tom's like the matrix where he just like puts
2: shit in his brain and it's there i can, can see what wood's talking about because sometimes i see like um when people are talking about a comic they're like oh the cliched cliffhanger at the end it was like well they're french yeah (laughs) It's it's like, you know, there's a big cliffhanger at the end or the convention's of comic, you know, of comic books. And it's kind of like, you know, there's a point where if you got really into reading one specific type of thing over and over again, one specific type of genre, you're going to learn all the conventions. Because there's only so many types of stories. You know, there's the guy who meets a girl. There's, you know, there's those types of stories. And everyone has, there's conventions to it. Now, a good writer can twist conventions around a little bit but at the heart of it you know the stories are going to go you know a certain way the good guy wins in the end and either if you keep reading it i always feel kind of bad because i always think there's people that just keep reading it expecting like the conventions to change and it's kind of like well that's not that doesn't happen you know that doesn't happen there's not going to be a bunch of comic books where there's no cliffhanger at the end because that's sort of that's the, me- that's the method that's the method yeah. that's
5: the convention and you know what happens when people people that complain about the conventions then when they break convention and go all wacky it's like what the fuck are you doing to my books you know it's, <laughs> yeah it's, yeah. It's yeah like exactly. what are you that's trying so to be all highbrow great. what the fuck but it's you know? like yeah that's, it's like that's, that's not, not crisis, Superman, you know? that. like
7: Oh, that's not the that, you know. Final Crisis wasn't. That's not when I think of crisis. That you know that was the biggest complaint, right? So, but that wasn't what a crisis was supposed to be. Well, but why see, that's it,
0: the right? thing I'm talking about. You do you really yeah. bring to the table all the knowledge of that particular art form that you've amassed over your lifetime when you open that comic? I think why why must every book be compared? To another book, like like you said, Final Crisis. Right. This this isn't what I I normally uh, expect from a, a a crisis. But no, why should it be?
7: Right. Well, no, well, I'm not I, saying it's right. I'm saying there are. That's no,
0: that's I know right. I know you're not.
7: Yeah, i I'm a, I think we all agree that I, I don't think it should be, but I think it's also human nature. I mean, I certainly do that. I've talked about that a lot a lot with other mediums to you in that uh, you know I I could. With movies, I, it's, I'm, I'm horrible that way. If if I go into a movie expecting it to be a certain thing, if we're great because I just have it in my mind, I could be really disappointed, even if it's a good movie. Flip side, if it's a movie that you know my wife talks me to going to, or or that I just go in thinking, well, who knows? And it could blow me away and I could think it's phenomenal, even though on a relative basis, the one that I didn't like as much was probably a much better made movie. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm guilty of it too in other mediums. I just, let's just take, take
0: take Scotty, Scotty, for example, with Wizard of Oz, pretty Mm -hmm. safe to say that this looks nothing like any version of Wizard of Oz before. I I mean, am I right? I'll I'll agree with that. (laughs) Right. And, and, and honestly, it, it does, it doesn't have to. It, it it's sure. it's a work of art on its own, and you know what? It's better for it because I, it's. Yeah, I don't think any it, of us are disagreeing with you. But I know, I, sure. I know that. I'm just saying, I'm just fleshing out, you know. But it, I mean, it's it's fresh, it's new, and it freaking works. That's yeah. all you need to know.
7: By the way, not all to right. blow smoke up your ass because you're on, Scotty, but uh, since you are <laughs> on, I have to say, uh, it, it's. Uh, I think at least to this point in your career, it's a crowning achievement. It's it's gorgeous yeah. book, man. It's something well, you should be really you. proud of. So uh, well, I assume you are proud of it, but yeah, it's it's great stuff.
0: So, I, I don't know. It's no New Warriors, but it's good. <laughs> I'll bring Adam, D-
5: uh, Daryl will, of will probably call it a Wizard of Oz. Oh, Daryl's going to laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's
7: right.
0: That's Darryl. why I Darryl, said it. You know
5: what? I'm going to give a shout out to Daryl because Daryl emailed me the other day on, I don't know, one of these crazy social network things or something. But he emailed me and said, hey, I don't know if you know me or not, but I used to call up to, to – uh, in bulletin bulletins or whatever and, and talk shit about you and i just want to say that i really love your wizard of oz nice. and i really like the stuff. so he's been very nice so i, I appreciate that daryl thank you very much because he used to give me fucking hell on you guys oh, yeah. oh yeah who,
1: God, do, wizard who, of oz who fan. doesn't know daryl anymore this is daryl <laughs> fuck about... it fuck <laughs> it <laughs> what
2: were you gonna say tom wizard of oz fans are there people that are like this isn't how the wizard of oz is supposed to look
5: Here's the thing. I've been I've been to two conventions now since this has been out, and I'm and I'm heading to the Book Expo of America at That's the end insane. of this month. And it's been I've been amazed at the the Wizard of Oz fans and how supportive they've been of it. I thought that I was going to get skinned because I'm used to that. Like most of the books that I've got on, you know, I've got the people that like my stuff, but more often than not, I've got the people that are mad at me for ruining whatever vision they had of of really whatever. See,
7: that goes to what we're saying though, in that.
5: People can't get over their own expectations. That's fascinating.
7: Well, yeah.
1: Where's, where's Night Thrasher's uh, skateboard? Skate- right?
5: Yeah, skateboard, and you know. So with Wizard of Oz, I thought it was going to be even worse because that's a pretty that's a pretty thick community they got going on there. But um, they've been. I mean, the, the, that working on this book has surprised me to no end. I mean, it, mm-hmm. every every corner. I thought I was going to get on this book. And disappear for a year, nobody would, you know. I, I really thought that, it, you know, because I, I didn't know what the the readership of the illustrated line stuff was and, and things like that. I thought, well, if I go away from the superhero stuff, then I'm just kind of it'll be like a little mini vacation. I'll go, I'll draw, I'll have a blast, but nobody will really see me, hear anything of me for a year. But it's been kind of the opposite. More people have, you know, I've gotten invited to more cons, I've gotten flown to more places, and I've gotten more email from from this than anything I've done. So it's been fantastic. <laughs>
8: And before I forget, sorry, me again, uh, I did pick up Savage Dragon 148, um, which was the gold that they very reluctantly put in my bag. In continuity, if you didn't pick it up on free comic book day, as far as I know, you're not getting it. Uh, Thanks, Alec. uh, Alec Berry for the reminder. Um, Savage Dragon, I'm going to check it out tonight. Bye. Hey, 11 o'clock comics people. Um, It's Matt Burden templar um just giving you a call i've just come back from free comic book day i suppose me visiting the shop uh, my lcs uh did run it um but i have to say did run it for kind of standing orders uh customers i think in the past their experience anyway has been people kind of wandering in literally just picking up their free books and uh, and never picking up anything again so hey what can you do such is life but um uh i took the day off I don't usually get a Saturday off and so um, very rare I can go to the shop with my son um, I get a Wednesday off in the week so my daughter um, is, is too young to go to school so she usually gets dragged to the shop on a Wednesday with me um, but uh, I took this Saturday off and, and took Joe took my um, my well he's nearly six um, year old son to the store and um, he hasn't been there for years and, and uh, I just want to thank Steve and Alison And uh, Dan and Chris for treating them like a a little superstar. I mean, we left with. uh, I mean, he came back with three comic books: uh, Sonic, uh, one of the Bongos, Bongo Bongo Comics, The Free for All, uh, Simpsons, um, Free Comic Book Day, Clone Wars flip book um, with the Dark Horse um, little anthology on the other side, Owly. Uh, Transformers Animated Flipbook G.I. Joe. Uh, I came away with two copies of The Avengers. There you go, Ken. Um, Wolverine, Black as Night Zero. Yes, please. Um Comic Spectacular, 8th Entertainment with Athena Voltaire, Mask of the Varga, Naga, Naga, I don't know, at the beginning, so that's cool, looking forward to checking that out, and I think they kept back some stuff from last year, because I've come away, yeah, looking at it, or it might be two years ago, I've got um, An Astounding Wolfman, um, number one here, um, and then, yeah, this is last year, Lone Ranger and Battlestar Galactica, um, and Steve, good old Steve, um, again, um, just knock my socks off. Joe's come back with eight issues of Marvel Adventures. Um, Spidey, Avengers, Fantastic Four, Hulk, uh, Heroes, Iron Man. Just a million thanks, guys. That is an LCS that takes care of you. Um, So, yeah. And then we may have gone to McDonald's and then we might have checked out Wolverine. Um, And my son is a bit of a Deadpool fan. He likes the mask, likes the suit. And uh, we came out of um, that film and I said, so um, are you just going to save your pocket money for a Deadpool figure now? And he said, no, no, I'm saving up for a um, Weapon 11 figure. So, yeah, the um, kind of bizarre uh, hybrid uh, mutant at the end. Um, Hey, (laughs) certainly grabbed my boy's attention anyway I'm going on so um, just to say free comic book day uh, knocked our socks off we had a really good day and many thanks to my fantastic LCS um, for making um, a little boy and his dad uh, very happy today so there you go anyway um, keep up the good work guys Uh, love the show I love the hotline and all those who call it it's official. I <laughs> see.
5: Bye. let no. Let's talk about comics, more. You, I don't want to. I don't want to take up you guys' this whole show talking. Like I'm awesome, and I know I'm awesome. So we don't. <laughs> that's
1: not a <laughs> that's the show notes. You <laughs> don't need to talk.
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to bogart you guys' this whole show. Patting myself on the back. Where
1: where where are we at, Vince?
0: Uh we're pretty close to the end. We about you? Yeah. Were, uh, we got about, we're on our, The we just finished two hours right now. We can well, go yeah. for more. Yeah, Let's, yeah, we can go yeah. for more. Do it. That's, Let's do it. What, what I wanted to say about Oz, I'm sorry, but I got to get back to it. In addition to the line, which is gorgeous, I love the way the color pays no attention to the line, like it has a mind of its own, and it's going to go where it wants to go. I really like that effect. That, 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 it works really well. John,
5: John has been with me for about... I want to say three years, oh, three three or four years now, and we we've had a great relationship. He was pretty young when I when I first started working with him, and he was doing um doing some flats for me, and and I'd go in and color over top of it and change the palettes and do all the effects myself. And slowly over the years, um, you know, I just given him more and more responsibility until now. You know, it, it's amazing. Almost every day that he emails me colors, I I email him back, and and I'm like, we really are one mind. He couldn't mm-hmm. nail. He couldn't. He couldn't get it more right than if I wrote him extensive notes. To the point now where I don't have to give notes anymore. Um, before I'd go through every panel of every page and give about two paragraphs of notes. Like, here's the mood we're going for. Here's the thing. And 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 therefore, you know, I would always go in and color the first couple pages myself, send them to him, and say, This is what we're going for. You know, and and he'd go with it. And now I just send him the pages and say, Do you know, put your magic on it, man. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. And and it's really striking because when you have a line that's as expressive as yours, you and you have color, which would one would think would be subservient to a line like that. It's not. It, both of them are are have equal weight. That's why it works so damn well.
5: Yeah, I got to do it. I, I I'm a big fan of color in books. I mean, when I sit down to read a comic book, I want that color to tell me a story just as much as I want the the words and the the lines to. So when when uh, when colorists do their job right man there's nothing better you know there's yeah. just nothing better than when that whole art team is you can tell an art team knows each other and they talk to each other and uh it just it doesn't get better than that i mean especially like I said, for me as a fan man you you know when you open up that book and you know that the writer talks to the artists and the artists talk to the colorist and the, and the whole team is is on board with each other you know because you walk right. close that book and you go that was fucking fun you know <laughs> dude um uh, yeah
0: you're awful quiet.
5: Yeah, Dude, say something nice about me. Yeah, Scotty, you're awesome.
2: Your brother. Whenever we need to jumpstart, whenever we need to jump. Hey,
7: Vince.
0: Say something nice about. Hey, hey, yeah, Wood. Did you
7: read the second issue of Ignition City?
0: Uh, I just got it, actually. Oh. Yeah, I just got it Monday or Tuesday when my box came. So, so, that's so no, I I didn't um, read it yet. I'm you, I've told you, been reading the manga.
7: Well, I wasn't Ooh. on the. Sh- I wasn't. I didn't. Wasn't here for you talking about that. So
0: I, I didn't talk about it, and I'm yes, probably not gonna.
7: Yes, he did. He <laughs> talked all about the manga. He just doesn't remember.
1: I did anyone else read se-
7: the second issue of Ignition no. City? Huh?
5: Am I the no. only one
7: reading Ignition City? I, no, no I, it, I had it. I just haven't read it yet.
1: This, I've oh. been
5: reading nothing past like 1995 lately. The other day, I, I did. I read uh, Keith Giffen's uh, Lobo uh, Side. Oh yeah. Oh, that was so awesome.
0: Good series, yeah. <laughs>
5: Oh man, I just—I swear to God, I miss comic books that are that fucking wild and fun.
0: They don't do them like that anymore. Dan Barrington did the covers.
5: The infant side was the one where he, um, where all the bastards of Lobo.
0: Okay, I'm thinking t- of that Blazing Chain of Love. Dan Barrington did the covers of that
5: one. Yeah, no, yeah. no, this is the one where all the all the all the bastards across the universe of Lobo. So like thousands of his his illegitimate kids got together and formed like a a, a military, like an army. <laughs> to try to kill him? Oh, it was. So, I mean, you
1: yeah, can't kill the main man.
5: It was so good, man. Like, I, I think somebody. I think I, I was. Just, I just listened to one of your you all show where you were talking about somebody once told Keith Giffen DC told Keith Giffen once that that's not what Lobo would do.
1: Oh, that was the yeah that was on uh, AC this week. Whenever we were talking the, to Larson, Lobo wouldn't do that.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was, and I it was funny because I was reading the book at the time and. Man, I, m- I missed just fucking comic books that had no, f- you know, that just were like kicking fucking ass for no reason, you know. <laughs> nice.
1: well, hey, Scotty, I just got an email from somebody that uh, that wanted to say hi to you and pass along a message uh, uh, to you and everybody else. Tom Fowler said to say hi to you. We, we, Sweet. Were, uh, we we're talking he to how awesome uh, Scotty is? To, huh?
2: Did he mention how awesome Scotty is.
1: <laughs> yeah, he said Scotty is awesome. Tell him hey, I said hi. Uh, uh, and, and Tom wanted um, us to pass along to everyone that he's going to be at the Toronto uh, Comic and Arts Festival uh, May 9th and 10th. So if you're up in the Toronto area, go see Tom Fowler. Tom
5: Fowler is fucking awesome. Any great? You're not
0: lying. He's too good for someone so young.
5: He is so... How old is he?
0: I'm thinking, what, 30, 32, Chris? Really? I think. Yeah, he's not that old, right? He's wow. so
5: he, awesome. Yeah.
1: It's. I don't know. Maybe it's 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 just that you know that Mad Magazine influenced art style. It's um, that makes you you know think of him as as being an older, you know older more um, established artist. But man, I.
5: I you guys see I, his I, old book Keeper? No. No. Hmm? Uh, I think it was a Tom. Have you heard of it?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. What? No.
1: <laughs> Tom is watching the Brewers game.
5: Oh okay. no, they are. <laughs> um- <laughs> It's. A, I think it was a DC book. Don't don't call me. But it was. It was a few years back, and I actually found it one night at the at, at Dark Tower when we were recording AC. But it was called Caper. I don't know how many issues it was. I don't know if it was ever collected, but it. And, 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 and honestly, I can't even tell you what it's about. <laughs> I just I just know that I saw the art right away, and that's how I kind of. Um, it was kind of a coincidence. I found that book at Dark Tower and the same night my mad magazine came in the mail and i opened it up and there was a strip in there i was like who the fuck did this art this is awesome and you know in the corner it always has the illustrator and it was him so i looked up his site and and uh that's it was about you know, a few years ago when i when i found tom's stuff and man that dude's just so incredible
1: yeah it's a uh, caper was uh, uh 1993 so I just went to Comfort DB. So, yeah, I I love his stuff. And and if you're not reading Mysterious, the Unfathomable, see I said it first time this
0: you're week. you nuts. Yep.
1: I know it's it's a great book. So Tom Tom stuff is great, and I love the team of of Parker and Fowler. They just seem to 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 have such a, a great a great feel for each other's work. I mean, Parker's writing a really fun, crazy series and, and Fowler's uh, art is a perfect match for it. So that's been probably my favorite new series this year. Oh Good
2: yeah. Stuff. Or, yeah by a time, I, I want to mention something that I love about your show. I love, um, oh, no. every week where you guys all list the comics you bought and you go around and say how you haven't read them. <laughs> <laughs> like if you read this, everyone's like, no, no, no. It's like it's always a litany of like a list of. <laughs> I
3: always read. I always
2: read all my stuff every week. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. thousands we of comics I haven't read.
5: Like, it's like it's like it's like one step away from just reading the Diamond catalog. <laughs> <I wish laughs> Which I always just, do uh, first. Then just go, go Batman, Superman, <laughs> Spider Man.
1: <laughs> we were <laughs> we everything. were we record on like Wednesday night, so well, no, I it, usually come home I come, 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 come home. I come home. I read like one comic, then we go. Do
0: what? We or well, I gotta we say, read, we read a lot for, of shit.
1: I gotta we say do. something for AC or Sal fucking goes ape shit nuts on me. It's like, will not you <laughs> say something for our show? Ah, so.
0: Oh, so you're holding back on Uh-oh. Wednesday nights, oh, nice. I
5: I love, s- I, just, I love this twisted podcast world you guys have going on.
0: <laughs> it's it's an inbred podcast world, isn't it?
5: It is. <laughs> I've missed it. <laughs>
0: No, we do read a lot of books. I mean, and again, would get some every other week. I get them once a month. Yeah. So, it's it's pretty tough. And I don't like Chris said. I don't have time to read them on Wednesday. So I pick one. You know, I actually I pick comics that won't get me ridiculed. That's that's what I do anymore. Oh, Larry. Because if if I know I bring something to the table that Chris is gonna be like, uh, so oh, oh now it's I'll me, see. it's my oh it's leader. it's
7: oh, yeah. Did well, this with uh, with with preconceptions now. You gotta unburden yourself, Vince. Come on.
0: I, that's what I was trying for this week, you know but
7: Dude, you're like a rainbow in a jar right now,
0: man. <laughs> Why am I thinking of Ronnie James Dio?
2: <laughs> you gotta let yourself go. It's all part of the drinking game. I drink every time Chris says I was talking with Sal today about this at work. I drink <laughs> I drink whenever someone says Did anyone read this and two people say no
0: <laughs> <laughs> you must be pretty drunk by the end of our show <laughs> so, yeah
2: it's great it's great you guys have a format that works
7: i'm it's glad it's to hear that much. speaking of a format that works yeah uh, i i did get a chance you should to do it. that
0: speaking of because we say that a lot too various oh, and yeah. sundry the, the segue yeah various and sundry too
7: viking wow. which i know you guys talked about we week I I yeah. i read it yet because i didn't get it number one i had no idea it was a oversized book. I didn't know it was a different yeah, well, format.
0: We said it um, was, but you just weren't paying attention.
7: Um, I probably wasn't listening because I didn't want to hear you talk about it because I hadn't read it yet. But right. uh, All I have to say about this one is uh, it's everything that Northlander should have been but was not.
0: Oh, stop. Oh, come, come on. Come <laughs> 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 you, you're, you're not bringing the heat. You're bringing the wet blanket. No, Nick no. I'm, I,
7: yeah. In all seriousness, uh, Ivan Brandon, Nick Klein, this, the, the book is freaking... Off the charts beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. it's a phenomenally beautiful book, and uh, I love the story, and I sure as hell hope this book comes out for a long time to come.
5: Nick Nick Klein and I use Skype to do virtual studios in the mornings. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. We uh, either he or I buzz me, you know, because he, he lives in Germany, but he'll uh, he'll buzz me up around ten or ten thirty a couple times a week, and we put our webcams uh, on our uh, on our tables and. And so I've got to see some of those viking pages come to life right there on video. He is fucking Nick is a fucking awesome artist. Oh, he really is. And there's something so Scotty, funny. Scotty,
0: let me in on a little bit of that. Is is a lot of that digital or is or is that all physical? Uh,
5: Nick, uh, the majority, I'd uh, 85% of it is 85-90% of it is practical. It's it's all traditional. It's oh, the man. most of it he does a lot. He he kind of just goes crazy with a little bit of it all. He goes in. He'll pencil render some stuff. He'll brush ink some stuff. He'll he'll acrylic paint some stuff. And then every now and then he'll mix a little bit of it all. You know, he does a lot of. Um, he'll do a lot of a lot of stuff painted. He'll do it grayscale. Like he'll paint it grayscale, and then use the computer to add the color, the tones to it. So it's 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 like a perfect uh, mixing of 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 all the tools. So um he 's just it 's really whatever he thinks that panel needs if you notice when you guys flip to that book for for those who have checked it out i haven 't actually seen the book but i i I saw all the pages as as the book was being made he um e- each panel might be something different one panel will be pencil one panel will be ink right. one panel will be painted one panel will be digital painted he's he 's just crazy
1: you, you know how we were talking earlier about you know uh, European graphic albums and stuff being printed, you know from from an artist or a designer standpoint. Whenever you get it back from the printer and you're like, yeah, that is exactly what I had in mind whenever I designed this or 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 you know whenever I put this you know on you know on the drafting table. I have a ma- I, I, I imagine that whenever Ivan and, and Nick got that back from the printer, they're like, yep. That's exactly what we had in mind. It's the perfect paper. It's the perfect, you know, saturation. The the printer nailed it. We picked the right paper stock. Everything about that book was right.
2: I love the erotic way you talk. A perfect paper. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I am a, I am I am a nerd about that stuff. It's my job. You know, my my yeah. nine to five is that, and there's no better feeling as a designer whenever you get a big big project back in, whether it's a catalog or whatever, and it looks like it's supposed to. And like American
2: Psycho when they are showing each other their business cards. Exactly. They show one guy, he just drops it because it's like the perfect card. 12 points.
0: Oh. Hey. <laughs> Chris, Chris, doesn't it suck that they had to go overseas to get that kind of treatment?
1: Um, I mean, that, that's all, that's all a cost thing. I mean, you can, right. Just, well, I mean,
0: it, it, you know, it says I, a lot I, I, about I, business my, trends
1: in my experience going overseas. Um, I've had a lot of trouble with quality that the fact that they had to go, that they went overseas and got that nice of, of a looking book is what is amazing to me. Cause whenever I've had stuff printed overseas, it's, I've not been happy with it, but man, that, that book looked gorgeous so i they could print it on the moon and if it looks that good keep man keep going to the moon because it looked
7: crazy yeah well i the one thing too is just about that it just caught my eye nobody else probably noticed but uh at the bottom of the uh last page where they have all the image comics uh imprints for all the people the first thing the reason i i guess caught my attention is we, we all know that kirkman became a partner but i was uh, I was taken aback when I saw that his name's at the top as the chief operating officer. So yep. I don't know if that title means anything, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing it doesn't because we know from Larson's interview with you guys that he doesn't really do much operationally now and he's listed uh as I think they meant to call him the chief financial officer, but, but I think they need to get a new copy editor because he's actually the chief financial officer. <laughs> uh, me up. He- <laughs> yeah, oh. and uh <laughs> Which is hilarious.
0: Oh yeah, it's misspelled.
7: Yeah, and uh, and it's McFarland is the president. Sylvester is the chief executive officer, and Valentino is the vice president. And then Eric Stevenson, who I thought actually ran the show, is listed as publisher. Only his name isn't
0: capitalized. So right, I'm and guessing. it's run, It's it's ran together too. Yes,
7: yeah, so I
0: don't a, know. I don't know what's it.
5: going on there. Yeah, they need a new copy enter. There's a there's a painting of a boat in the in the second issue that Nick did the other day, and it well. It'll knock your fucking socks off, man. It's that little fucking guy's amazing. He's little. How big is he? Well, everybody. I'm I'm six four, so he's everybody's short to me. Six four. <laughs> really? Yeah. And wow. I don't even want to tell you. I don't even want to tell you my weight since I quit smoking. That's not even a funny joke. In that <laughs> country living. Yeah, in this country living out here. On One farm. thing about
7: AC, about AC and the uh, and the alumni is that you guys are like. Two standard deviations larger than the average comics podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am, I'm not. A, I'm not a small guy. I mean, I've I've never been the you know, uh, what I call a small person. I've um, <laughs> always been the the smallest, shortest person on our show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, five, you, I'm, I'm like I'm like five, ten two twenty. I'm the smallest
7: person on the show. <laughs> You, you may be the first person on our show too. Well, I guess David
5: would be smaller, right? No, David's taller than me.
0: No, David's taller. Yeah, is he? Tom yeah. Caters ten nine.
5: Yeah, he twelve is. feet tall, 10, 10. bitches.
0: And all man. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm. So, so Wood, back to the Viking. What did you think about the panel per page ratio? I, I was very impressed. I I like a lot of panels per page.
7: Well, I, I like that he wasn't beholden to any set panel layout. I mean, like right, if you, the right. pages aren't numbered, but like there's one I'm opened up to here on the left-hand side. There are let's go there are nine panels, but they're totally like they overlap each other. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're not they're not three, three, three. It's 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 just he's telling the story, and you can actually see what right. Scotty's talking about because this one panel, which is like a serpent, um, it's it's definitely painted, and then the the ones next to it look almost like they're Almost like chalk pencil, but um, and then the page to the right of it is basically a full page splash with then two little boxes interject. I mean, he—that's what I think is great about it. I always talk about that. I wish, uh, um, and I'm not an artist, so I probably should be talking out my ass here, but but at all the comics are well, as it, usual. Always, yeah, seriously. I always appreciate <laughs> when and when an artist lays out a book. In a unique or conventional way because there's no rule that says the book has to be, you know, perfectly ninety degree symmetrical panels, you know, and it's like a, like, like
0: a nine panel Giffen page. Yeah. Yeah,
7: or even a four panel. It doesn't have to be you could do whatever you want, you know. I mean and you can yeah. use the panels to help tell the story. I mean I always say that with uh, uh
2: I want you to change conventions though. Ugh.
7: I know, right? But I, that's why I was <laughs> gush about fables. Is one of the things he does that's great. Is he uses the panels, and he uses the the margins of the page. And you know, a lot of times he'll have, you know, uh, you know, in between panels, he'll have either you know, ivy or some kind of you know, background image that 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 is relevant to the the story of the issue. And I love that. It's it's great. It right. it just you know, comics are their own medium. You should have fun with the fact that they are different. They're not a book. They're not a TV show. You know, use use Preach. the medium for what
0: it is. You know. Yep. I love the page with the the horse head with the eels in the eyes. That's what
7: I'm talking oh, about. That page. That's yeah, I mean, he, yeah,
0: but he gave a, he gave that a lot of room to breathe too. Even though there's ten panels on two pages.
5: That's, oh yeah. that's also that's what you get for being able to to. Uh, and I've been screaming this from the mountaintops for years that I wish that we could break the the trim size of comics. I I don't I mean I don't care if they're smaller, as in shorter or, or taller? I just wish they were wider. Because when mm-hmm. if they're wider, you have the ability to to get more panels on per page, and then when you do choose to do a truly widescreen panel on that to really get a nice sense of scope, it just lends itself to that. I the the the, the tall, skinny format is so frustrating sometimes mm-hmm. to work in. I just always want to add I, I wish everything was like you know, like letter size. I mean it doesn't have to be printed at letter size, but I love that that those dimensions, that everything else exists in those dimensions that that's where your brain usually is and actually to to try to put it into comic book format sometimes is fighting what your brain knows as, as a normal size.
2: That was me falling off the couch. Scott. That, that was Tom's mind being blown. <laughs> I was looking at all my comic books and uh, Scotty just said what he did and he was like, none of my long boxes will work anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
7: just, well Tom, uh, <laughs> and I
2: just I mean, knocked all over.
6: Doom never quotes his sources. What is one lackey's name over another? Bah! You
7: you joked about how you're surprised how few comics it seems like we read and we talk. I mean, I'm I'm always curious. How many comics do you typically buy in a week?
2: Let me see. Let me count right now. I bought one, two. This is exciting, isn't it?
7: Hi, well, 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 well I Tom is,
1: is counting up. Um, Sometimes more. Scott kind of kind of backtrack what we were talking about earlier. How excited are you about about Wednesday Comics and them breaking that format and doing something completely different?
5: Um, I think it'll be cool. I mean, I you know I've gotten to the point with I mean this is also this this includes my own work, but I've gotten to the point that I don't get myself too amped up until something's actually there. Um. I you know it, it just seems yeah I feel like all the times that I've gotten myself too amped up for comics or or something it, it either A doesn't live up to my expectations or B doesn't last long enough when it does come to fruition so it, it's kind of like you know it's a sad state sad state of affair in, in comics when you're afraid if you don't get too attached because you don't know how long it'll be around yeah. um and and even for me <laughs> I mean, you know, I've made it no secret over the years that that I'm I'm a pretty much a strictly a trade paperback person. I I I actually don't buy. I, I haven't bought a single issue of a comic in in probably three years. So, um, wow. so I'm even more. When things get announced, I actually have to. <laughs> I get a little depressed more than excited because I know how long I'm going to have to wait for me to read it. So, um, but. But when I finally do, I usually enjoy it. So I'm gonna. I think. I think that uh, they're trying new stuff, and and I, I like the direction that that a lot of people are trying. I kind of applaud uh, Dark Horse for their MySpace Dark Horse presents, and um, I don't know. I, I kind of like all these people trying to find new uh, new models. You know, to see uh, to see what we can do to just to expand and keep doing some good stories. So Tom, <laughs> how many comics do you buy? I finished counting
2: a while ago. It only took me like I uh,
5: like eleven. <laughs> Twelve, sometimes of oh, wh- times more. How much money yeah. is that nowadays? Um, times three yeah. or four.
1: But
2: well, what depends it on it the
7: discount. issue, yeah. yeah.
2: I spend about twenty-eight bucks. Okay. I spend about fifty on alcohol. <laughs> how <hundred> much?
7: Biker. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, a
2: little bit of everything. A so, yeah, bit of love, how love, about how love, everybody love,
5: else? So, like, what's the average? What's the average number of books that the panel here that that you guys uh, that you guys buy on a weekly basis?
0: Well, wow. Um, it,
5: um quite, I mean, well, I, I.
2: This is gonna private. turn into like intervention right now. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> they,
7: I, I, I would remind from uh, from DCBS usually. So okay. I uh, have a, they do a spreadsheet. So I know I on average here I'm just looking I, I average to DCBS close to, uh close to a hundred, single issues a
0: month. Ugh. Jesus wow.
5: Christ.
0: And that, exclu-
7: and that excludes I, lots of trades that i buy too
0: that's that's crazy that's my average are. <laughs> i i'll i get my books the same way i average about 40 to 45 singles through dcbs but then i get the mainstream stuff at the local shop and i figure about five or six a week so ah. you're
7: not that far away from me dude
0: no, I'm not close to a hundred. Come on, but I I You're do like prefer 70. trades. It's
5: not like it's
0: yeah, I, I I prefer trades as well, and I'm trying to make the break. Yeah, because it's hard. be
5: happy, you'll be happy for it. Yeah, these single I issues, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't really. I used to have like a hard on to, for railing against singles. I don't, I don't, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> it's just, I know that it works for me, but. Um, I, especially for me with these older books, you know, like, you know, like I said, I've never read the Frank Miller daredevil stuff. So it's exciting for me that I could go buy, you know, something that's bound right there in front of me and not have to go hunt down like it used to. But man, a hundred books, Jesus fuck. I mean, I, I (laughs) think like you for my job and it still blows my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, as kids are going to be fucking hella wicked pissed at you once college time rolls around. Nah,
1: I don't got no kids.
5: I have That's a rule
7: that uh, I don't. Uh, I would say that I spend uh, considerably less uh, on a uh, percentage of my disposable income on comics than than the average comic fan does. Actually, I would say. Crazy. They, uh, some of these guys, I think, spend. I spend. Like, half of their check.
2: Uh, well, how much do I make? Like fifty dollars a week. So and <laughs> over half of it. But you know all the taxing holes,
7: though. So don't you make like? Come on now. <sighs> you your your adjusted tax rate's like three percent a year. I'm sure.
2: I'm. I am honest. Compliance. Mm. I work in <laughs> compliance, not minimization. Oh, okay.
7: Gotcha.
5: <laughs> man, that's so crazy. That's some crazy numbers of comics, man. How many? Let me ask you this. If this is getting too personal, we'll answer it anyway. But how, what, what's your oldest? Because Vincent Wood, you guys are the only two on here with with children, right? Yep. What's
7: least, yeah. What's your oldest?
5: Like, what's the oldest age?
7: Well, mine. Mine just. My oldest just turned six.
0: Okay. My oldest daughter is 11. Do any of them read comics? All of them, yeah. Yeah, oh, really?
7: yeah, my yeah, my son, Well, my we have a newborn so he doesn't, but uh, but my almost 4-year-old, my 6-year-old love when I read them comics. Yes.
5: That's yeah. sweet. What titles do they all like? Ooh. You guys didn't know you were going to get interviewed on your own show. Yeah. Scotty Scott,
1: Scott, Scott, no. is researching right yeah. now, by the way. <laughs> this is like, be... uh,
7: I mean, my boys like whatever it's basically whatever they see on TV. So they they love Justice yeah. League. They love yeah, Ben 10, they love, uh, yeah, Bat- Batman Brave and the Bold is their newest big kick, so they love that. They love the Star Wars comics because they all, they're just crazy enough for Clone Wars and the Star Wars movies. So, basically any characters yeah. they recognize, they just can't get enough of.
0: Same here, too. Um... My son just loves Ben 10. Everything's Ben 10. So naturally, he reads the, what is it, the Cartoon Network action pack. He loves that from DC. But my, but Nina, that's the 11 year old, she has this major hard on for Andy Runton, the guy that does Owley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she met him at Mocha last year. I swear she was going to jump over the table at him. <laughs> she, she, no, really. And she's, she's like, oh, my God, he's so cute. Oh, boy. And, uh, you know, he, he had the he, he, she bought the, a trade from him, and he drew her a picture of Ollie in the inside front cover, and he, he, he signed it to her. And the rest of the day, wasn't he wonderful? Oh, he's so cute. He drew, and she's, t- I mean, I was there. I saw the whole thing all day long. That's all I heard was how wonderful Andy Runtin is. So, but, but Mia loves the Simpsons. She likes stuff like gold digger, um, which I love myself. Um, she has this thing for manga. She loves Zelda, Naruto. If it's manga, she'll read it. Cool. Yeah. And she's eight.
5: That's good to know. That's good to know. Most of the kids a- in
2: the apartment read whatever I throw to them in their cage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With a chicken leg strapped and to they, it. There and they know. eat it.
1: They'll eat it afterwards. Uh, all right. going, hey, you I'm know going, what? Going, oh, I was going to say I'm going to visit my nephews this week, and I'm taking them, uh, Patrick the Wolf Boy and Teen Titans. And oh yeah, those
3: are
0: excellence.
1: big too. So I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting We Titans? Or what did I say? Teen
0: Titans. Tiny Titans. I'm
7: keeping the Teen Titans for me. So but you're going to give them the Winnick Titans uh, Ian Churchill issues with all the, with uh, Starfire sh- nude in the shower. Want him to read comics? I want them them to be, nope. be yeah, invited. Yeah. Back maybe I
0: don't so, all right. All right. yeah so we're, we're pushing two and a half hours it's a long one I'm fucking tired I can hear it in your voice what come on you,
5: you, you must be exhausted started, you guys just got me started drinking now damn it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you can be on next week too we'll do a Scotty part 2 awesome David's hey. going to be all bent out of shape we had Scotty on <laughs> why because he wasn't here to share in the in the revelry.
2: I'm going to, can I do, I'll do my David. It won't sound like him, but this is how it'll be. He'll be like, okay. it's just, I really enjoyed Scotty's art. <laughs> the you know, Wizard of Oz is really, really awesome. uh <laughs> really it.
7: It's just, uh, it's a good book. Oh, uh, that's fucked up. Poor David's um, going to be so depressed with yeah. that.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the slow regression backwards in time until we get to the very oh, beginning. No. David, uh,
0: I love you, you know. I love him. you know. He's gonna he's gonna take that hard, buddy.
7: <laughs> oh, he, come is. On. he is. He's gonna talk Renee to get the new broadband set up. <laughs> and Scotty, you, you you, you oh, gotta you so gotta stop. Sweet.
1: You gotta stop teasing us. You gotta come back up to Chicago and uh, and make a return appearance on the, on the other show.
5: No, I will. I definitely. Uh, I, I haven't been back to the city in a really long time. I need to. Uh, I need to come. To, I I came close the other day with Free Comic Book Day, but I was I was at the I was in Frankfurt. I was in a suburb, so you can't yep. wear your pelts here, though. You can't wear cute. what pelts? I hope I can wear my sweatpants. That's that's what I that's what I've declined to out in the country. The guy that wears Turkey sweatpants pants. Every fucking day, my like goddamn Kevin Smith. <laughs> well, in shorts and a trench coat yeah in fucking in checkered vans
0: alright hey thanks for joining us in your travels do yourself a favor and read Sea Guy. Slaves of Mickey Eye oh, we should
7: talk about that next week yeah
0: yeah we should okay we will okay um
1: read uh, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier uh, Eleven Rockets yes
5: huh. hmm.
0: Mr.
1: Wood
5: what, what is this segment
7: Uh,
1: This is what what people should be reading.
7: Read Sherlock Holmes by Dynamite Entertainment.
1: Really? We should
7: talk about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Scotty, Uh, what should everybody be reading?
5: Everybody should go read the four-issue miniseries Lobo Infant Side by Keith (laughs) Giffen. R and and story. All right. Oh, my Lord. Read uh,
2: Concrete. Oh, and listen to Marvel Noise. I feel bad now that I made fun of David. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Sorry, sorry, David. Uh,
0: Which then listen
5: to the, the Devil and me. Except don't expect there to be many more. <laughs>
7: <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: hey Tom, give us give us a spaghetti to 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 lead oh, us out. Oh,
2: spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. It was uh, some kid where right? I thought he was around working around in the back, and then it's a uh, full grown man jumped out. <laughs>
0: No, it's kind of creepy. But yeah. <laughs> not everyone gets
2: the spaghetti reference. Oh, spaghetti. It's
0: yeah. lost. All right, people. Thanks for being here. Say, say bye. Bye
7: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: bye. Hi, David. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry
7: David, 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 David. What's up, boys?
4: It's Wood. It is Thursday afternoon. And as you guys know, I won't be
7: there tonight to record because it is my lovely wife's birthday and uh, got to do what I got to do. But I wanted to leave you a message because there are so many comics that I read in the last week that I really did want to talk about, and I know that we'll never get around to talking about all of them next week and the weeks after, so I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Dynamite Entertainment for putting out two books this week that I thought really deserved some attention. Um, the first one is Buck Rogers, The Zero Issue. Uh, it was written by Scott Beatty, uh, pencils and inks by Carlos Raphael. Uh, for those of us that grew up in the 80s, we remember Buck Rogers as the Gil Gerard TV show. Uh, this is much different from that, much more uh, close to the, uh, I guess, the pulp uh, source material, but uh, the, the basic premise is the same, which is that Buck Rogers is a, uh, an adventure astronaut from our time that's uh, blasted uh, forward into the future and is sort of a man of time, uh, but still a good hero. Uh, this was only 25 cents cover price, so if you didn't try this out, shame on you. Um, but uh, story was fantastic, art was fantastic, and it uh, definitely, as a zero issue, did its job, and then it reeled me in, and I, for one, am, uh, am going to be on board for the series, at least for the first arc, and give it a try. Um, so uh, props to them for that. The other one uh, was a, supposed to be an ongoing, but it looks like probably pre-orders weren't good enough, so they're making it a mini-series, but I still think it's worth your time, and that's Sherlock Holmes. I've always been a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Read just about everything that's ever been written about him, by him, uh, by Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, love, love love, the character, love the premise. Uh, this is a uh, mini-series uh, written by Lee Moore and John Repian. Uh, art, both pencil inks by Aaron Campbell. Uh, very, very beautiful stuff. Um, very realistic, uh, great use of, of shading. Uh, the art is really perfect for the period. But this uh, starts off with a bang. It's basically uh, a Sherlock Holmes tale, but the the catch is what if Sherlock Holmes was blamed for the murder, uh, and he can't explain how he didn't do it. So that's sort of the premise. I'm not giving away too many spoilers. They set you up with that early, and presumably the rest of the series will be seeing whether or not Holmes can get himself out of jail and whether or not Watson and the other guys can help. So very, very cool stuff. If you like uh, Sherlock Holmes at all, I'd give this one a try. It's worth it. That's it, boys. Hope you guys have a great show tonight. And, uh, Vince, hope your wife's feeling better. And also, a quick shout-out to everybody um, in our community. Thanks very much for the well wishes uh, on Hallie. He will be missed. He was an awesome dog, and I really appreciate you guys uh, uh, giving us your positive thoughts. Take care, guys. Hey, boys, it's Wood again. I uh, wanted to give quick shout-outs to a couple other books that uh, – I would have liked to have talked about, but won't get a chance. So I'll just touch on them. Hopefully you guys will talk about a few of them in greater detail. Uh, Dark Rain Cabal. It's a little anthology, I guess, setting up the uh, next phase of the Dark Rain. A lot of different writers, a lot of different artists. I won't go through that. But uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought there were some hits and misses. Uh, I thought the Doom story was quite entertaining. Um, You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the uh, use of of reference, especially when it's easily recognizable. But I got to give props because I am a fan of the, uh, the TNA and the cheesecake. And uh, all I have to say is the, uh, the scene where Doom thinks back on how he would like to have uh, Loki and Emma Frost in his harem, and that picture is worth the price of admission. And that's all I'll say on that. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, Skull Kill Crew. I know I'm probably one of the only people on the Earth that actually bought that, uh, but it was worth it. I know a lot of people probably have Secret Invasion um, fatigue and didn't want to give this any mind, but I was a fan of the quirky Grant Morrison uh, original mini, and I thought that this was uh, the Skull Co-crew or a nice little little part of the overall secret invasion uh, as it was going on. This picks up where they left off, which is basically that there are tons of scrolls still hiding out on Earth after most left, and uh, the Skull Co-crew were kind of trying to track them down. But this was a lot bolder and racier and adult, uh, and very humor-driven, uh, much more so than I think people might have expected from the solicit. So, um, I would put this in the same mode as like a uh, a, a bad dog, uh, or something of like that. So, if you feel like some R-rated Marvel humor, this might be your up your alley. And the uh, the art, the art was great. It's very, uh, very much, uh, very whimsy, uh, very whimsical. Uh, it was terrific. So, give it a try. And then, last but not least, Viking number one. I know you guys talked about it last week, but I just got my copy. And dude, I had no idea that it was a oversized. Uh, I love the format. Uh, I think it looked beautiful. And let me just say that Viking number one was everything that Northlanders number one should have been, but wasn't. I'll leave it at that. Have a great show, guys. Okay.